lots of land and the starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. Don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off forever, but I ask you please. Don't fence me in. that's going to have to do. I just can't. Good morning this morning, everybody. Happy Friday to all of you. What is going on, y'all? Well, lots going on. We had a good time last night. See, yeah, I I can't do this. I can't. I got to be able to hear myself. Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two. Yeah, I get there. There we go. There we go. It's just another. It was another button there that I had to push. There was something going on over there with my uh, with my microphone, so I wasn't able to hear a whole hell of a lot. So, yes, everybody, thanks a ton for coming out to Santino's Cigars and Cocktails last night. It was a ton of fun. I noticed that a lot of you were up and Adam, of course, including uh, Father Tom, Father Miller, who, by the way, celebrating his twenty fifth. Uh, Jubilee, as they say. And Kim Paris is going to be on with us just a little later on, and Jim Hoft and Doug Giles later on. And, and we're going to have a ton of fun because we're going to go after this hearing that happened yesterday. Also, I wanted to remind you, too, uh, that there's, I, I think there was word of like a 7.5 earthquake 
uh, in the area of Indonesia. And so they're looking like there's a possibility of a, of a, of a big-ass tsunami, though, coming that way. So uh, we will uh, keep you informed about that. Hold on. I'm just really off my off base here with this. I'm just hearing, I'm just hearing a lot of uh, – is that mic on over there? Oh, okay. Yeah, let's turn that mic. Yeah, let's try definitely turn that mic off if nobody's using it because uh, that's uh, going to create an uh, create an issue because we've got another hour and a half before anybody's coming in talking into that thing. Um, but anyway, good morning this morning, everybody. And yesterday, I told uh, Father Tom. I said, you know, uh, I said, uh, buddy, I got to tell you, I had a lot of very Unchristian feelings uh, yesterday watching this hearing. I wanted to, first of all, strangle Leaky Leahy. And I don't know whether you guys realize this. If you looked into the past of any of these people, and of course there's Leahy who is, uh, who is been on the, the guy's bragging about the fact that he was, he'd been on this panel for 44 years. I mean, can you believe that? 44 years. I'm thinking to myself, 44 years? And I mean, I realize he's a duly elected senator and all that kind of stuff. But when, when you have somebody in this system, in this country here, that old and, that, and sitting on a panel 44 years yeah, and bragging about it, yeah, I've been here for 44 years. It's like, my goodness, 44 years? I mean, people, normal Americans must have been looking at this hearing saying, this is just like watching a Muppet show. It is so damn weird. And, and, and looking at all these hunchback senators and Kamala Harris weirdos and Dick Durbin, who was, was the most egregious one yesterday, too, but yeah, Leahy, people don't realize that Leahy, first of all, one time had to resign his position on the judiciary because he was leaking documents. He was caught leaking Iran-Contra documents. In some cases, there are some who claim somebody got killed because he leaked documents. This guy has no credibility at all. Then you got Blumenthal, who I don't know whether you, you remember this, but, but lied about his Vietnam service. And, and this is the this is the total of the of the misfits and nitwits we have on the Senate Judiciary Committee. And then, of course, it was uh, it was having to listen to this perpetually ten year old alleged victim, Doctor Ford, who they must have told her that here are your orders. When you speak, you must first of all do vocal fry and talk like this all the time. And then, and then I can't do it because I don't have the voice ability. But, but then make it sound like you're vocal frying as a 10-year-old girl. Uh, like, like you're Minnie Mouse. Do you think that Christine Ford talks like that when she's marching in the vagina hat rallies? in opposition to President Trump, do you think she talks like a 10-year-old girl when she's marching in those rallies? Uh, probably not. Her story, she was clearly lying. She is a liar. And it was abundantly clear that she was a liar. Maybe if you just tell me 
what was the date he worked at the value super saver store, then maybe I could tell you what uh, I, 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 we're not helping you, girl. You're on your own. Maybe if you just kind of let me know a little bit about when he worked at the Mark Judge, this whole this this uh, mythical confrontation we had with Mark, she had with Mark Judge at the store, who that that somehow was uh, was in some way shape shape or form uh, uh, traumatizing to her because she saw him. But everything she did, I'll look up some examples of vocal fry for you. Vocal fry is when people just talk like this, and they just kind of talk, and then and then she adapts that the that the perpetually twelve year old girl, and it was off to the races yesterday. So many holes in her story, and when she was asked by the independent investigator these questions, she really couldn't answer them. She, at one point, she was asked. Uh, wait a minute! Didn't you say this happened like in the mid '80s to somebody, in the in the uh, in in the early '80s to somebody? Then you pinned it down to '82, and then you, it was like it was crazy. My favorite part, though, was when they busted her in this in this gigantic lie about flying, and, and th- this thing like basically went unreported, even after they asked her. About the flying, and by the way, the whole setup of this hearing was very disturbing anyway, because initially it was, okay, so Democrat men, you're allowed to say whatever you want to do, uh, say, in- including praising her all morning long. You're, a, you're an American hero for coming forward and blah, blah, blah. You should do that. And, and, and they were taking all the opportunity in the world to praise her. Then they... But the men all had this stand-in investigator asking questions for him. Speaking for Mr. Orrin Hatch is blah, blah, blah. And then she, she goes up there and speaks. So, so apparently the setup was that only the Democrat men can speak, but the Republican men must have somebody speaking for them, asking questions for them, which turned out okay to a certain degree, but she couldn't get any standing at all to, to ask Dr. Ford questions because it was only a five minute rule. And so you, you're done with five minutes and you got to go on to somebody else. It was, it was unbelievably frustrating. And I have to tell you, I had, I honestly did have murder on my mind when I was listening to this thing. Listening to these senators, Blumenthal, who lies about his Vietnam record, daring to talk about credibility. You got to be kidding me. These people were just, it was outrageous. And, of course, you know, the reaction on the part of Judge Kavanaugh was outstanding, and we're going to have a little bit more of that later on. But Judge Kavanaugh was clearly livid and, and, and made some hugely uh, great points in terms of uh, talking about the ruination of his family. And, you know, I, but I want, to get to the, I want to get to the big lie here uh, about the airplane about flying in an airplane. Remember that it was Blumenthal who said that uh, that he did not – who said that if you have anything that impugns your character uh, or in any way, shape, or form makes, makes – uh, you, you were caught lying about something, then it basically Judge overall Canada. just taints your entire story. Well, if that's the case, then this woman, Dr. Ford, 
This should have been what ended everything. This should have been what, what the, the mic drop moment of the morning. And this was early on in the morning when, well, it was around, around 11 o'clock in the morning, but it was, it was, you know, when things really got moving. It was when the Rachel Mitchell asked Dr. Ford about flying because Dr. Ford was claiming somehow that she had a fear of flying so she couldn't make this meeting. And that, that's the other thing about this meeting. Uh, that that she was supposedly supposedly was in the dark about the offer to come to California to talk to her, which is why she didn't come to D.C. And also part of that was that she had a fear of flying. So Rachel Mitchell, Mitchell went in and, and started asking her about that. May I ask, Dr. Ford, how did you get to Washington? In an airplane. Okay. It's so let me, let me tell you this. Because hold, on hold on a second. Hold on a second. Would not- here, here is here is the other thing that that she did, and you had to be watching the hearing that uh, you, in order for you to see what was going on. So what Doctor Ford did, and this was this was also hugely infuriating to me because it was really super clear that she was faking this whole get up, this whole I'm just a 12 year old girl trapped in a 50 something year old body. This, I, this, this was the most infuriating to me. And so she was clearly hugely coached. Cause I know that this is not the way she talks, uh, how she talks when she's in her classes, or this is not the way she talks when she's at the, her vagina hat rallies her anti-never-Trump vagina hat rallies. So what she did was she would, she would take, sit there with a microphone, right? And, and remember early on when they, were, when, when they were trying to manipulate the microphone because there was something that was uh, not right about the microphone, so she couldn't get right in front of it. But, that's, but they didn't want to get right in front of it. So what would happen is she'd sit there, and if you watch the video... She'd sit there and they, were, they would ask her questions. And then what she would do is when she answered the questions, she would creep meekly into the microphone and start answering the questions. Did you, did you notice that? Did any of you notice that whole little rhythm that she was developing where she would sit there doe-eyed, you know, looking, looking at the person questioning her. And then when she was asked to answer the question, she would dip down and speak into the microphone. That is a acting measure designed to make her look like she's just some kind of meek, little, weak, little girly type who doesn't really know anything about speaking into a microphone, which she does, and it makes her look kind of, you know, it's, it's like what Hillary did when she would walk into these rooms and do these speeches where she would walk in and look at the ceiling like she's Pippi Longstocking or something like these. It's all acting. It's, it's all put together. It's all jinked up here. Drove me nuts. I saw a little bit of it and, and mostly listened to it. So I, I didn't get a chance to hear a whole lot of it, but I mostly listened to it. And so – and by the way, she had she didn't know she she could, didn't have to and didn't have to I guess prove in any way shape or form uh, how she wound up at this party. You know, because she, she was at some country club swimming and everything else, and then suddenly uh, she and boy, by by the way, one thing I have to tell you about the revelations uh, regarding 
everybody, even Kavanaugh, is that, boy, these kids lived, like, high on the hog, man. They were, they were like, this is one big, nice little uh, area where these people grew up. They, were, they weren't wanting for nothing over there. I mean, they had... They they were very well organized in the party category, and just basically spent most of their time either at country clubs or in, at camps or something or or at the beach. My friends at the beach told me to go see a lawyer. Oh, sure they did. You you couldn't you couldn't you 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 your friends told you to go see a lawyer. Unbelievable. But anyway, it drove me nuts when she like meekly. Uh, went to the microphone and did her little I'm just a 12-year-old girl impression. Anyway, I'll start from the beginning here. May I ask, Dr. Ford, how did you get to Washington? In an airplane. Okay. It's oh. reported by the press that... It was, it was so infuriating. Did, did you guys watch it or listen to it? I'm glad I didn't watch it. That, uh, that, another example where I would have just shot the TV... Like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Airplane. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, and is anybody buying any of this crap that this chick is slinging here? <laughs> Airplane. Hey, how did you get here? <laughs> Airplane. <laughs> I, th- it was driving me crazy. would not submit to an interview with the committee because of your fear of flying. Is, is that true? Well, I was willing, I was hoping that they would come to me, but then I uh, realized... Oh, my was- goodness. This is driving me nuts. It was... Oh, and then she'd, and she'd look and, uh, you know, blink a, a bazillion times. Total acting job. Did anybody buy any of this? Yeah. Hell, the, the, the Chris Wallace did. Uh, she was a very credible. I was like, dude, stop. They looked like they were crying. It's like people, this is driving me crazy, but I had to still listen to it. Airplane. Oh, and what about the fact that you, you uh, were you, we came claiming you had, you claiming you had the uh, fear of flying, and that's why you didn't come to, to, the, to do the interview. Uh, well. <laughs> I asked that because it's been reported by the press that you – would not submit to an interview with the committee because of your fear of flying. Is, is that true? Well, I was willing, I was hoping that they would come to me, but then I uh, realized that was an unrealistic request. It would have been a quicker trip for me. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. I was like, I was like the, the joking was driving me crazy too. You don't need, we don't need any of that. I mean, we don't need the, yeah, yeah, it, it just seems so bleh, driving me nuts. So um, that was certainly what I was hoping was to avoid having to get on an airplane, but I eventually. This should have, they should have just turned the lights off on in this Judiciary Committee meeting after this exchange here. Because this was completely blowing her entire credibility out of the water. Apparently, she doesn't know what this investigator knows, which is what this investigator is about to tell her. Because she's like, well, I figured, well, I, 
was trying to avoid getting on an airplane, but I figured, well, I better get on an airplane, I guess, and come come to this meeting here that today. That was an unrealistic request. It would have been a quicker trip for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um, that was certainly what I was hoping was to avoid having to get on an airplane. But you know, the only thing that she needed was her was. Um, uh, pigtails and a, and a gigantic lollipop and just sat there and licked it and answered questions. That, because that, that's basically what I was seeing as I was watching this, this, this uh, little Edith Ann from Laughing. Remember Edith Ann? I'm Edith Ann. I'm a, yeah, that's just, that's just what I reminded me of. She might as well have had just like pigtails and a big gigantic round lollipop that she would lick on in between her answers. That would have been, that would have been the, the only thing that would have made this any better. She might as well have, because that's what I was seeing when I was watching her speak. I eventually was able to uh, get up the gumption with the help of some friends. Oh, really? So were they the, your beach friends that got you the gumption there to get in the, uh, get in the, in the airplane, did it, honey? I had, um, uh, then I went to consult, consult, my uh, my beach friends and they got gave me the gumption to get on an airplane. She clearly doesn't know that this investigator has an entire list of places she's flown. Not only recently, but in the past. At what point did America at this point think, okay, this is outrageous. This woman is a liar. I, I pegged her as a liar even before she she spoke here. I was like, okay, this is this. There's something really messed up here. So she apparently doesn't know that this investigator knows that all she does is fly. I, then I got the gumption to get up in the airplane because my friends at the Avoid beach told me they could to do get me on an airplane. But I eventually was able to uh, get up the gumption with the help of some friends and get on the plane. When you were here in uh, the mid mid-Atlantic area back in uh, August, uh, end of July, August. How did you get here? Also by airplane. I come here once a year. Oh, the airplane trips start stacking up. Go ahead and get your counter out. Or to visit my family. Okay. I'm sorry, not here. I go to Delaware. Okay. Thanks. Um, in fact, you fly fairly frequently for your hobbies and your, you've had to fly for your work. Is that true? I mean... Why is this woman, by the way, being so coddling of her when she just clearly caught her in a gigantic lie about her fear of flying? Correct. Yeah, Mama Kay, the gumption. You're, you're so right, the gumption. Like she's some little lollipop-licking farm girl right off the, right off the, the hay wagon. I got the gumption, by golly. I got the I got the gumption by golly to get on that flying machine. <laughs> oh man! Fortunately, um, you you were a consulting biostatistician in Sydney, Australia. Is that right? I've never been to Australia, but the company that I worked for is based in Australia, and they have an office in San Francisco, California. Okay. I, I don't think I'll make it to Australia. <laughs> it is long. Um, I Why is that funny even? Okay, I was like, people, move on here, please. I saw on your CV that you list the following interests of surf travel, 
and you in parentheses put Hawaii, Costa Rica, South Pacific Islands, and French Polynesia. Have you been all to those places? Correct. By boat? Is that how you travel? By airplane? Yes. Yeah. Oh, now, okay, so she just listed a bunch of different places she goes by airplane. This woman is an addicted liar. And, this, and, and they should have shut this hearing down right now. Yeah, I had, the, I had to get the gumption, by golly, to get on that airplane. I put my, put your lolly, let me put my lollipop down here for a second, Mrs. Investigator, and tell you that the people at the beach finally get, got the bravery for me to go into an airplane. Yeah, but didn't you go, like, on 7,000 different other trips, including to Hawaii? Oh, yeah, I did that, too. And your interests also include oceanography, uh, Hawaiian and Tahitian culture. Did you travel by air as a part of those interests? Correct. Oh, yeah. Okay. So at this point, she doesn't, the Dr. Ford doesn't have to care a whit whether or not her entire credibility is just about to go take a giant poop on a national stage because no one cares, it seems. This woman caught her in a gigantic lie right here. And yet, let's move on now to Dick Durbin. You're so brave. I can't believe how amazing it is that you've come forward. You're a national hero. We're now, we're at this point now already creating a gigantic statue for you. Thank you very much. Easier for me to travel going that direction when it's <laughs> a vacation. I see. Okay. I got gotcha. you. This was infuriating to me, having to watch her sit there and, and, and lie without anybody kind of calling complete and total BS on this. It, I, I, it was driving me crazy, and not, not to mention the fact that it was driving me crazy having to watch her put on her little girly, fake 12-year-old girl uh, get up there it was that was driving me crazy too and at that point in my opinion her credit she, she had nothing there was no there, there, there was no evidence whatsoever we went through an entire hearing yesterday that brought us what was it eight hours of testimony maybe eight hours of testimony and there was still not one corroborating piece of evidence that shows that this happened to her or that actually it happened to her at the hands of Brett Kavanaugh. Not one shred of evidence. And, and, and the, uh, the, the Democrats hugely embarrass themselves. And yet what happens is, unfortunately, with a situation like this is that we uh, – and they're supposed to vote today. We'll see how how it happens. But unfortunately, what happens is not everybody has the time all day long to listen to and watch the hearings. They 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 just don't have the time. And and so what happens is you go through an entire day, and then the news media decides what we're going to hear. The, the news media is the one that will decide what we're going to hear, and they ball boil it down. Do you think the news media mentioned the whole fear of flying BS, the lie that she was telling there? Not at all. They, did, they didn't mention it at all.
But that should have blown her story right out of the way. And, and I just, I just, it was so hard for me to watch this thing. Hard for me to watch the uh, the Republicans cuckolded in the in the first three hours of the hearing because of the deal they made with the Democrats, the deal they made with her and her with her little Edith Ann pigtaily. I'm just licking on a big lollipop presentation was driving me crazy, and the vocal fry thing was also driving me nuts. You guys know what vocal fry is? I'm going to look it up. I'll, it's, it's a thing. People do, like people do it. All, mostly women do it. Uh, and a lot of younger, like kind of hipster types, you know. I, a lot of actresses do it. It's the whole vocal. So all, all she did was talk like this no matter what she was talking about. Yes, I did fly. I got up the gumption to... Fly because my friends at the beach helped me out. Yeah, but didn't you fly like seven thousand times? Yeah, I did that too. It's like okay, next. It wasn't until Lindsey Graham came out and and completely. What's up, Jimmy? Everybody's in good shape today from the from the Santino cigars and cocktails radio free almond happy hour, huh? And you're all up and at them, aren't you? It's a ton of fun, by the way. Thanks uh, for all of you for coming out there. And uh, I met some new people. Jim Musial, I, I, never, I had never met Jim Musial before, uh, who I saw I see on the Facebook feed all the time. He was out there. Margaret was out there. Mama Kay was out there. G was out there. Uh, Sharon was out there. Uh, and we just had a, we had a, we had a, a ton of fun, a ton of fun hanging out and being, uh, being, a, being a team, being a Nice group of people. I'll talk about it a little later on when Kim is in. in Kim Paris was here, uh, was there as well, and uh, is going to be in just a little later on. But it wasn't until around three thirty that Republicans must have gone back to the broom closet and and found their balls because they came out and boy, Lindsey Graham, man, I I got to tell you, two people who have stood stood out. Uh, to me lately that, that I actually have been deriding quite frequently as pansies is Mitch McConnell, who I think has done an unbelievably stellar job supporting Kavanaugh and staying with the, with the team here. And then Lindsey Graham. I know I'm like talk, I like talk like this and just make fun of him because he just seems kind of like as a pansy. And he, and he always seemed like McCain's puppet. And yesterday I mentioned that, you know, now that McCain has died, a lot of these people who have been who were under his thumb, he was kind of like the, uh, he was kind of like the, 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 you know, in our gang. Which one was the which one was the bossy one? Was it Spanky? Was Spanky the bossy one, or was yeah he was the bossy one? Yeah, he, he always uh, John McCain was kind of like Spanky in the Little Rascals, you know, always or or like Lucy in Peanuts. You know, he's always running around bossing everybody around. And, and, and Lindsey Graham was alfalfa. Yes, Spanky, I'll do whatever you say, Spanky. Yes, Spanky. But now that Spanky's dead, Lindsey Graham is free to do, to, to run about the cabin, which is fantastic because Lindsey Graham was, was on fire. I was like, Lindsey, is that you? Wow, dude, take it away. Hold on, let me get let me get my volume. Twenty three, on the night of July the ninth, the day you were nominated to the Supreme Court by President Trump, Senator Schumer said, 
23 minutes after your nomination. I will oppose Judge Kavanaugh's nomination with everything I have. I have a bipartisan, and I hope a bipartisan. I could never be a U.S. senator. I'd have pulled a gun by now. I mean, I, I'm serious. It's, it's, it, I'm just, I'm, just thank the Lord that I'm just where I am now because I'm not capable of doing anything but what I'm doing right now. Because if I were up there, it would be, it, I'd be driving. I, I, I would be nuts. Majority will do the same. The stakes are simply too high for anything less. Well, if you weren't aware of it, you are now. Did you meet with Senator Dianne Feinstein on August 20th? I did meet with Senator Feinstein. Did you know that her staff had already recommended a lawyer to Dr. Ford? I did not know that. Did you know that her and her staff had this allegations for over 20 days? I did not know. I'm actually going to let the entire it's it's almost four minutes. But I'm I'm going to let the whole thing play because we as conservatives and as supporters of the Republican Party don't always get this. We've had to rely on only President Trump for this kind of awesomeness and and forthrightness. We we we've, we haven't seen it in the congressional delegation, with the exception of maybe a little bit of Gowdy, a little bit of Trey Gowdy. The rest of these guys have always seemingly been so passive and 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 pansy like that. I think that we need to spend. This four minutes listening to finally a Republican that went and and got their balls off the shelf and attached them firmly and went off off. So I'm, I'm going to play the entire thing for you because we we need this. We we finally have the, the golden nugget here that we've been waiting for. Push the play button. That you are now. Did you meet with Senator Dianne Feinstein on August 20th? I did meet with Senator Feinstein. Did you know that her staff had already recommended a lawyer to Dr. Ford? I did not know that. Did you know that her and her staff had this allegations for over 20 days? I did not know that at the time. If you wanted an FBI investigation, you could have come to us. What you want to do is destroy this guy's life, hold this seat open, and hope you win in 2020. You've said that, not me. You've got nothing to apologize for. When you see Sotomayor and Kagan, tell them that Lindsey said hello, because I voted for them. I would never do to them what you've done to this guy. This is the most unethical sham since I've been in politics. And if you really wanted to know the truth, you sure as hell wouldn't have done what you've done to this guy. Are you a gang rapist? No. I cannot imagine what you and your family have gone through. Boy, y'all want power. God, I hope you never get it. I hope the American people can see through this sham that you knew about it and you held it. You had no intention of protecting Dr. Ford. None. She's as much of a victim as you are. God, I hate to say it because these have been my friends. But let me tell you, when it comes to this, you're looking for a fair process. You came to the wrong town at the wrong time, my friend. Do you consider this a job interview? The advice and consent role is like a job. You consider that you've been through a job interview. 
I've been through a process of advice and consent under the Constitution. Which Would has, you say you've been through hell? I, I've been through uh, hell and then some. This is not a job interview. Yeah. This is hell. This, this, this is going to destroy the ability of good people to come forward because of this crap. Your high school yearbook. You have interacted with professional women all your life, not one accusation. You're supposed to be Bill Cosby when you're a junior and senior in high school. And all of a sudden you got over it. It's been my understanding that if you drug women and rape them for two years in high school, you probably don't stop. Here's my understanding. If you lived a good life, people would recognize it like the American Bar Association has the gold standard. His integrity is absolutely unquestioned. He is the very circumspect in his personal conduct, harbors no biases or prejudices. He's entirely ethical, is a really decent person. He is warm, friendly, unassuming. He's the nicest person, the ABA. And one thing I can tell you, you should be proud of, Ashley, you should be proud of this, that you raised a daughter who had the good character to pray for Dr. Ford. To my Republican colleagues, if you vote no, you're legitimizing the most despicable thing I have seen in my time in politics. You want this seat? I hope you never get it. I hope you're on the Supreme Court. That's exactly where you should be. And I hope that the American people will see through this charade. And I wish you well. And I intend to vote for you. And I hope everybody who's fair-minded will. Wow. <clears throat> that was amazing. I'm sitting in my car listening to this, and I'm just thinking, Lindsay, is that you? And yes, yes, it's me. That's right. Did you like that, Jamie? Because I know you've been calling me a pansy for the last 10 years or so, but look look what I just did. And, yeah, you're damn right, buddy. Good job. Because and it was great, too, to a certain degree, because this was about the time people were maybe even tuning in to the hearings. Because, let's face it, they started at 9 o'clock when a lot of people were at work. So a lot of us just who had the time had, had to suffer through all that. But this was right around, uh, right around almost close to four o'clock uh, our time. And so a lot of people heard this. A lot of people saw it too. This was about the time when everybody was tuning in. So Lindsey Graham and the Republicans kind of timed everything uh, fairly well. When it came to, to this thing. Now, keep in mind, uh, it didn't get a whole lot of coverage, though. Uh, you know, or, or, and if it did, it was portrayed kind of as, a, as, a, as somewhat of a temper tantrum of sorts. Of course, it also did uh, come after considerable frustration on the part of a lot of people as they watched all this stuff go down. Including Feinstein, they went. They st I still believe that Feinstein, or is it Feinstein or Feinstein? And do I care? No, I don't. But but somebody leaked this to the media, 
and I don't know whether she completely denies it, whatever, but somebody leaked this to the media. But boy, I'll tell you, it was great. And Kavanaugh was on fire too. And he didn't put a whole hell of a lot up with uh, Dianne Feinstein and her whole gang. And the idea that even a Blumenthal, Senator Blumenthal, could get up there and go, you know, you realize when there's one little hole in your story, it kind of puts your whole credibility in question. Oh, really? Vietnam War Service liar? Is that you, Senator Blumenthal, who lied about your Vietnam record? And you're and you're lecturing us. It's kind of as rich as as Jeffrey Tubin, the uh, the abortion loving girlfriend impregnator and deadbeat dad, telling us and lecturing us about how uh, Cro Magnon Donald Trump is. It's, it's the the whole day was full of hypocrisy. Watching these people, it's unbelievable. And they've just delayed this, and it was finally good, good for Lindsey Graham to call these people out and give them the what for. And Kavanaugh wasn't, it wasn't Judge more, Kavanaugh, more patient either. It's my understanding that you have denied the allegations by Dr. Ford, Ms. Ramirez, and Ms. Swetnick. Is that correct? Yes. All three of these women have asked the FBI to investigate their claims. Um, I listened carefully to what you said. Your concern is evident and clear. And if you're very confident gun in your ad. position and you appear to be, comes the gun ad. Watch why out. aren't you also asking oh, the FBI it. to investigate these claims? Senator, I'll do whatever the committee wants. I wanted a hearing the day after the allegation came up. I wanted to be here that day. Instead, 10 days passed where all this nonsense is coming out, you know, that I'm in gangs, I'm on boats in Rhode Island, I'm in Colorado, you know, I'm sighted all over the place. And these things are printed and run breathlessly by cable news. You know, I wanted a hearing the next day. Yeah, Mama Kay, I saw that thing behind Feinstein, too. I, I love looking at the senators and looking at all their flying monkeys behind them. Uh, and, you know, Hirohito, whatever the hell her name is from Hawaii, had, had her people. They're all Hawaiians. And then they had, they had uh, you know, Blumenthal. Then you had, then you had Dianne Feinstein with her, with her little group of um, whoever's passing notes to her because she's a doddering old fool. Passing notes to her and she's trying to read them while she's asking him. And meanwhile, Kavanaugh is just eating her alive here. I, my family's been destroyed by this, Senator. Destroyed. And, I'm, and, I'm and, and whoever wants, you know, whatever the committee decides, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all in immediately. Is, I mean, all- and again, this is why is the committee and why did the committee continue to ask him to do their work? If they want an FBI investigation, you just heard Lindsey Graham talk about it. They can have an FBI investigation. This is the guy who went through, by the way, six different background checks. Six. And immediately. Yeah. And the terrible and hard part of this is when we get an allegation, we're not in a position to prove it or disprove it. Therefore, we have to depend on some outside authority for it. Well, and Kavanaugh points out right after this that, well, the FBI isn't in a position to prove it or disprove it either. They, they're not a... Uh, an adjudicating body. 
And it, would, it just seemed to me then when these allegations came forward that you would want the FBI to investigate those claims and clear it up once and for all. Senator, uh, the committee investigates. It's not for me to, to say how to do it, but just so you know, the FBI doesn't reach a conclusion. They would give you a, a couple 302s that just tell you what we said. So I'm here. I wanted to be here. I wanted to be here the next day. It was an, it's an outrage that I was not allowed to come and immediately defend my name and say, I didn't do this and give you all this evidence. I'm not even, I'm not even in D.C. on the weekends in the summer of 1982. I'm, this happened on a weekday? Well, is it, would, 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 I'm not at a Blair High School for a summer league game. I'm not at Tobin's house working out. I'm not at a movie with Suzanne. You know, I wanted to be here right away. That well, the difficult thing is that it, the, these, these hearings are set and um, set by the majority. Um, but I'm talking about getting the evidence and having the evidence looked at. And At this point, she doesn't know what to say. So she's relying on her own little flying monkeys, her butch flying monkeys behind her to pass her these little notes and things. And so she, she's now doesn't have any idea what to do with what Kavanaugh said to her. Understand. You know, we ah, hear here, from, let me see if I can read this note here. that She, that, uh, she just passed on the me. witnesses. Um, but the FBI isn't interviewing them and isn't giving us any facts. So all we have... You're interviewing me. Say, You're interviewing me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, girl. How obvious can it be? You're, you're doing it, Senator. I'm sorry to interrupt, but you're well, doing it. That's the, the, there's no conclusions reached. And, and what you're saying, if, if I understand it, is that the allegations by Dr. Ford, Ms. Ramirez, and Ms. Fetnick, Swetnick... <laughs> Um, are are wrong. Yeah, that that is emphatically what I'm saying. <laughs> emphatically, yes, Doctor Feinstein. The Swetnick thing is a joke. That is a farce. Yes. Yeah, Would you like to say more about it? No. <laughs> no. Unbelievable. It was so embarrassing for her. And by the way, I'm I'm noticing some of you saying, and I don't know who the. Uh, I don't know who the conservative commentators were that said this this woman, Dr. Ford, was credible. She wasn't she wasn't credible at all. She had her little Edith Ann vocal fry, I'm just a twelve year old, doe eyed, pig tailed, lollipop licking victim here. I mean that that that's again, all she needed was Pigtail. I'm surprised they didn't put her in pigtails and, and holding up a gigantic lollipop. Yes, Dr. Feinstein. Yes, Senator Feinstein. And he had the, and this little Minnie Mouse little uh, voice about her and the vocal fry thing. And she wouldn't talk into the microphone. She, she was not at the microphone. She'd be asked a question. So she'd meekly kind of move into the microphone and kind of look up from her oversized gigantic glasses that she was wearing. This was such a phony, faked-up presentation on the part of her. How anybody could believe this woman is credible in any way, shape, or form. Once, once we got past the Democrats lauding her as our, the new American hero, like she just walked on the moon, 
when once she started asking her questions, she didn't really know what to do. It was a little bit different of a story for her. I mean, she couldn't even answer basic questions about timing or anything else and kept hiding behind this idea somehow that she was traumatized or whatever else. And I don't know whether anything happened to her. I doubt whether anything happened to her. Her, her, And her little fake, little whiny, cryy get up was was hugely annoying and then and then then when the uh, interviewer busted her and her fear of flying lie this should have been the end of the hearing Kavanaugh shouldn't even have to speak anymore it was clear this woman is a liar she's a complete and total liar and to Lindsey Graham's point I'll tell you 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 vote today if this vote and and they're going to try to delay the vote again but you uh you, you vote no on him today, you're going to have hell to pay. But, of course, Jeff Flake doesn't care because he doesn't care about anything. So Kim Paris is going to be in just a little bit, and then we're going we're gonna to play that for you with, uh, with the – I still – I'm hooked on the fear of flying debunking that went on. That was, that was the pivotal moment in the hearing, and yet it was, it was largely ignored. But I'm a little running a little late here, so I want to get to our – National Anthem, and Kim Paris is going to be joining us, and this is a Doug Giles Day, and we might pop in a little bit with, uh, with uh, Jimmy Hoff, the Gateway Pundit. Some of you have been pointing out, oh, by the way, Jim Usual, good to see you yesterday, buddy. Uh, he asked me how I'm feeling this morning. I'm good, man. When you drink really fine, good whiskey, and you don't drink a lot of it, uh, but you drink just enough of it, it's good stuff, baby. I was drinking High West whiskey last night. I was a yippee ki and then I had the boo rye. And so somebody gave me something. I don't know what that was, but I, I was like, okay, this isn't, I'm not doing this. I think it was the uh, Glaciers guys. They were out there and they were doing a bourbon tasting, which was great uh, and met a lot of great guys. And, and uh, Glaciers is a great distributorship here in town and one of the biggest in town, if not the biggest in town. And uh, it was great to meet Phil and the rest of the gang there. But they, uh, they somebody broke out some rum or something. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing the, I'm not doing the, I'm not doing the rum on top of the, uh, the High West whiskey. That's not going to be working for me driving down, two seventy. Just telling you. So I was good, Jimmy. Hope you're you're good too. Uh, Jimmy is. We might have our next happy hour at Jim Usual's place, which is called PJ's Place. And it's right there in Sunset Hills. So maybe we'll do that in November. We're, we're not going to do one. We were, at first, we were going to maybe do one every single month. But it was, it, it, it's at some point, you know, I don't want you guys to get tired of me. So we're going to probably do it every other month. So we don't, you know, get like, oh, Jamie's doing another one of these. Do we have to go? I don't want you to get to that point. You know what I'm saying? Hey, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light What so proudly we held at the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rocket 
its red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the has millions of dollars available with mortgage rates in the threes. Pay off high interest credit cards. Eliminate PMI. Fix up your home. You could even skip two months of mortgage payments. And if we can't close your loan, the appraisal is no charge. Call 314-567-GOLD. 567-GOLD. Golden old land ain't cured by blue. NMLS 114937, 111 Westport Plaza, St. Louis, Missouri. Call 567-GOLD. Live from the Discovery Design Studios. Good morning this morning and happy Friday. Kim Paris is going to be in about 7.30 or so. She was with us at Santino's yesterday. Thank you, Kim, for coming out to that. <laughs> yeah, the uh, we were all living in a different reality yesterday because... This Dr. Ford chick is a big, fat liar. As much as they tried to make her out to be this pippy, long-socking, like, Edith Ann-type character. Yeah, the only thing missing was her in a... in these ankle socks and sitting on a oversized rocking chair like Edith Ann to, make, to, to fill out the whole profile that they were trying to develop of her. It was a debacle yesterday. I was really upset originally because the Republicans appeared like they were being hugely cucked here. Charles, uh, Senator Grassley, you know. You're going to have to do I was like, golly. One more mumbling old man was going to drive me crazy. Patrick Leahy, though, can you imagine? Here's a guy, and again, I, I've said these all are duly elected individuals, so I, I totally get it, but. I've been on this panel for 44 years. I'm going, 44 years? Are you kidding me? Since I was 10 or 11? You've been on this panel? I've been on here for 44 years. No one should be on a panel in Washington, D.C. for 44 years. Again, I realize that he was been duly elected. I get it. But Lord have mercy. 
44 years. For a lot of it, it was just like watching the uh, the, the the gallery there at the uh, at the and the, the Muppets. You know those old men in the gallery. You watch the opera. Yeah, I don't know why you can't like comments anymore on the page. What's that all about? Oh, did they pull me off? Good morning this morning. No, they didn't. Okay. I thought maybe they pulled me off for Alicia Keys. Maybe they didn't. Maybe we getting away with it anyway. Uh, did you all need to know, uh, find anything more out about this? Oh, they did pull us off? Crap. Damn it. What'd you say? They just tanked me? All right. Yeah, they, they took me off of Facebook people because of the Alicia Keys. Damn it, man. A lot of people watching, too. To get everybody back up there again. I should have just, I should have just like, not, not played the whole music around and just should have uh, started just a little bit. Uh, a lot of people listening on the stream, though. So... I don't want to abandon you guys. I'm just trying to get everybody back up on on Facebook so that they could uh, they could share in the uh, in the love here. But yeah, it was it was kind of driving me crazy because the uh, the having to put up with these codgers like Patrick Leahy, who by the way, you know, you don't really a lot of people because he's been there so long, people don't really realize that Patrick Leahy also was at one time known, and this was back in the 80s, as Leaky Leahy. Uh, and, uh, and, and yeah, too much Alicia. Yeah, that's what Kim Paris is told. I, I put, put a little too much Alicia on there. I know. But Leaky Leahy. So he was, he was a guy who was uh, caught and had to resign his position as a high-ranking committee member or something on the Judiciary Committee. He had to resign his position there. Because he was busted leaking documents uh, in the, during the Iran-Contra affair. And some are saying that some of, some of his leaks actually uh, cost somebody their lives. I, I don't know. I, I, can't, I can't confirm that. But there was some discussion of that. And then, and then you had Blumenthal, who was one of the uh, questioners there. And actually asked Kavanaugh specifically, he said, you know, that when we, you know, when, when, when we find holes in one particular story, you realize that pretty much uh, kills the entirety of anyone's credibility. I'm like, well, dude, you were caught lying about your Vietnam service. Overblowing your Vietnam service. And we're supposed to listen to you uh, tell us what's up. It's the same thing as, as listening to uh, people like Jeffrey Tubin, who was back for another helping on CNN yesterday. A- and for those of you who uh, aren't familiar with Jeffrey Tubin, I mean, you should be, because this, this is the world we're living in now. We're living in a world where, uh, where we just allow hypocrites to, uh, to rule the roost. I mean, these people are, are so obvious. Uh, and, and 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 Jeffrey Tubin is perhaps, I mean, if, if you're CNN, I mean, you have to at some point. If you're CNN, 
you have to at some point realize that this is not the guy who ought to be out there scolding people for being misogynists or whatever else he is uh, he is claiming they are. Uh, you know, I, I I really it really is amazing because because uh, oh you know what I forgot my gift that I got from Mar. Oh well, I'll, I'll have to figure that out. I, I left it at, at Santino's. I'll, I'll I'll talk about that on Monday. I'll I'll get a picture of it up in the uh, on the Facebook page too. But it's down there, Santino. I, I'll explain it later. I'm sorry, I got distracted. But uh, Jeffrey Tubin, much like it is with Blumenthal, they're the worst examples of credibility. When when you're Blumenthal and you've lied about your Vietnam record then how, are, how is it possible that you are uh, able to actually credibly question a guy about his own credibility? How can you do that? Well, when you're liberal, that's how you can do it. And Tubin is out there. I'll, I'll give you – I told you a little bit about this yesterday, but uh, Jeffrey Tubin, less than 10 years ago was banging some woman who was Jeff Greenfield's daughter outside of his marriage – he impregnates her, begs her to get an abortion, offers to pay for her abortion, and then threatens her and says, well, if you, if you, get, if you don't get an abortion uh, and keep the kid, I'm not going to, in any way, shape, or form, uh, I'm not going to pay for the kid. Hey, man, I think Kim is here. She's at the back. Oh, she is? Okay. Oh, there she is. Hi, you snuck in there. You're dressed in dark clothing, Kim. You snuck in. You're in the, like a thief in the night. Can have Kim back in here in just a second, but you, uh, but you are a guy who who not only was encouraging your girlfriend to kill her baby, so because it was inconvenient for you, you also wanted to, you also threatened her without by saying you're not going to pay for the baby and support the baby, and you know what Jeffrey Tubin did? He didn't pay for the baby. He had to be sued by his girlfriend, taken to court because he's a deadbeat dad. And we got to listen to Jeffrey Tubin lecture us. Dana, I think, is exactly right that, you know, from a political perspective, we may be where we were at the, at the beginning of the day. However, as an evidentiary matter, we're not. We have heard a woman who has no motive to lie, who can, has no reason to come forward, who does not have a political agenda, who has been keeping this secret, except in certain very limited circumstances, giving a vivid and dramatic and highly believable description of, of a sexual assault by this nominee for the Supreme this Court. This is Jeffrey Tubin trying to erase his misogynistic past, and they're letting him do it. This panel, my God, how, how do you even come up with desks that big? They must have 10 people sitting there on this panel. I guess there's probably one. I guess maybe they popped in Rick Santorum for good measure there. But, yeah, this is the guy that said that Trump's a misogynist right back in 1957. And then this is a guy lecturing Republicans on on uh, how terrible they are for not believing this poor woman who, by the way, her getup was driving me nuts. And she pretended the whole time like she was she, – she, came over the, off as this 12-year-old girl who was just kind of like doe-eyed and pigtailed and licking on a lollipop. It was like, oh, my goodness gracious. And you know what? Contrary to what Tubin said, she had every reason to come forward, and she has every reason on earth to lie. 
What gave people that idea that she didn't have anything to gain from coming out of here? I mean, you got to be we kidding me. We have then heard from a belligerent, angry, enraged uh, Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't as belligerent as you when your girlfriend told you that she was pregnant. Right, Jeffrey? How belligerent were you when you were told by your girlfriend that she was pregnant? Well, you were belligerent enough to ask her and beg her to kill the baby. Now, that's belligerence. And then when she didn't want to kill the baby, you told her that you weren't, wouldn't pay for the baby in child support. That's pretty belligerent there, Jeffrey Tubin. So uh, to, to somehow act as if Kavanaugh, who goes in front of the Judiciary Committee and says, you guys are trying to ruin my life with lies. That's not belligerence. That's somebody defending their family. That's somebody defending their careers and their reputation. But I'll tell you one thing, man, uh, you, you, uh, you have very little room to talk about people being belligerent when you pushed around your girlfriend and not only had sex with her and apparently didn't care what the consequences were, you also got her pregnant and then you wanted her to kill the baby. That's pretty belligerent, Jeffrey Tubin. And then you became a deadbeat dad. You had to be sued just to pay for the baby you helped create. It's a pretty bad dude right there. From but. a belligerent, angry, enraged uh, Brett Kavanaugh, challenging lawyer. Challenge- yeah, a- a- ask his girlfriend about being belligerent and being enraged when, when she told Jeffrey Tubin she United was pregnant. United States senators about how much they drink. I mean, I think that actually is relevant yeah, to what you know what the judgment is I what did the 11 no, okay. Repo- at some point cnn has got to come to a conclusion that jeffrey tubin is not a good spokesman for credibility or certainly when it comes to talking about relationships between men and women that that would not be your guy but cnn just keeps popping him out there i does any do they think we just forget about jeffrey tubin's story and again i keep going back to this uh this situation with this woman, how anybody believes that she's remotely credible after one two-minute exchange. This one two-minute exchange should have completely blown her story out of the water. This was when it was pretty much confirmed to me, although it was really unfortunately backed into. It wasn't even made a big deal. I mean, I don't, I don't even think any of the news organizations even really covered this whole thing, this part of the story. I will tell you, though, uh, before I get to it, CBS, in spite of all this, the people over at CBS kind of said, I don't know, we think that maybe there's, he's going to get through this. I mean, you saw Senator Leahy saying it brought back memories of Clarence Thomas. That's something I think both sides could, could agree on. He brought back memories of the Model T for Leahy. Uh, Justice Thomas. I was been back to jail. I was routed again. What? 1991 hearings also equally outraged in the, much the way that we saw Kavanaugh today, uh, lashing out at Democrats. And ultimately, Justice Thomas, of course, is on the Supreme Court. I thought from what we saw from Republicans today uh, that Kavanaugh will be voted out of this committee. I thought uh, we weren't really sure where Senator Flake might be. Uh, his comments suggested that he... Probably is a yes. Tale of two hearings. <laughs> so they're all kind of saying, I don't know, we think it, after Lindsey Graham went off, 
There better not be a Republican who comes forward with a no vote on that. Advantage to going last. Um, The last memory that goes into the public, if they've been watching, is watching the emotional uh, testimony of Brett Kavanaugh. And Lindsey Graham, which I thought worked out well in terms of timing when people started plugging into uh, the actual hearing. And so by the time Lindsey Graham, close to four o'clock, was on his absolutely beautiful tirade, that was when a lot of people were just plugging in. So timing was good. Um, who really does uh, seem to be so authentic and so congruent. And his anger and his sadness are all appropriate for what has gone on in his life. You really saw strategy with the This is CBS News, by the way. Just telling you. Not wanting to copy what had happened in 1991 by seemingly attacking Anita Hill. Um, they, for the most part, were respectful of Dr. Ford and took their anger and took their hostilities and aimed it towards the Democrats. So from that perspective, it seems as if, especially given uh, um, Kavanaugh's performance today versus what we even saw a few days ago on Fox, I think this strategy may have worked for the Republicans. So uh, don't be too worried about what happened yesterday. Today, we're going to see if if uh, the vote, in fact, takes place. There are some people who are trying to uh, keep the vote from taking place, but I don't think uh, they're going to be successful. And after Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham went to the ball closet and grabbed a pair and came out swinging. It was fantastic. So I'm so glad that I have. Uh, oh no, Mama Case. She, she, these people are these people are telling you that Kavanaugh is probably going to be uh, voted out of this committee. Uh, so just want to let you know. Rest your rest your soul there, girl, because uh, these women. I don't know who they are. I never know who these people are. They come out of nowhere. But yeah, I mean, I, I have to tell you, at some point. This exchange regarding the fear of flying thing, this should have been the end of it, and it, and it was the end of it for me. At first, when she came out and she was crying, I'm going, oh, gosh, here we go. She, she's clearly been coached, uh, and, and, she's, and, and, the, and the coaching was, okay, here's what you need to do, Dr. Ford. When you go out there with your big, gigantic, oversized glasses on and your vocal fry and your 12-year-old girl voice – don't sit in front of the microphone. Sit aside from it so that when you're asked questions, you can uh, meekly approach the microphone and dip your shoulders like you've never seen a microphone before. Is this a microphone? Uh, I've never seen one before, so I'm just because I'm just a little pigtailed lollipop licking girl. I've never seen one. Is this the microphone? Yes, I, yes, that's exactly right, uh, Senator Feinstein. I mean, it was so infuriating. So at first, though, I thought, oh, this isn't going to look good because she's actually pulling off the I'm just a hapless, meek 12-year-old girl thing. Well, she's a good actress, but I thought, oh, no. And then, then you had the Republicans who were completely cucked at the, in the early hours there because they, had, they, they were not asking any questions. They let the uh, the investigator, Rachel Mitchell, asked the questions and then allowed the Democrats just to blather on and praise Dr. Ford as a, as a national hero. And so that was infuriating. But boy, the, the, the tide turned. And once Lindsey Graham had his fantastic, amazing, beautiful soliloquy there, 
then the other Republicans decided they were going to speak, but nothing any of them said afterwards made any difference. But we're gonna we're gonna deal with that uh, in just a few. Let me dra- bring in a Dragon. I almost said I was gonna drag. Let me drag Kim Paris in by her hair, just like the, the way men do. I'm kidding, Kim. For crying out loud, people, please. Ladies and gentlemen, Kim Paris, people. She's dancing in here. She's dancing in. Get set, baby. Oh, she's wearing a Reagan shirt, too. Hi. She's wearing a Reagan shirt that says, I smell hippies. <laughs> Good morning this morning. Hi, Kim. Hi. You better speak into that microphone. You're not Dr. Ford, you know. You've seen those before. <laughs> These? Yeah, let me get this music down a little bit so you can actually we can hear you. So I know it'll get knocked off. Facebook is on a uh, is on a tear today. Uh, you know, I never thought I would say this that I would touch myself. What? To that's a great song, by the way. It to is a great Lin- song. To Lindsey Graham. Oh, I know. I was like, oh. and and I mean, a tea party hated him and everybody was all but hey i have presents for you this is just a pretty box wait before you get just one first thing first you you talked about lindsey graham that's that's the that's the pleasant surprise that i have uh because i've been so glad to be wrong not only about lindsey graham but i was wrong i think about mitch mcconnell because these guys actually wound up standing up at, at, at the time that we needed them most and and now that john mccain is dead uh, alfalfa uh, is free to roam the earth. And so Lindsey Graham, as I pointed out, was, was alfalfa to John McCain's spanky. And once McCain left the earth, Mc- Lindsey Graham finally was able to wander to the closet and grab some balls and come out and swing. It was great. And the timing couldn't have been better because I was bumming out – uh, on so many levels, what was happening yesterday it was very, very emotional. You know, I, it, what I saw was was it, like all of us that that care about these things and have been been caring for years is due process was on trial and and if we lose that, I, I mean that that's the cornerstone of our our freedoms. So that was very distressing. And then you see her and. I've been listening to you all morning. You're so right. And, and it was just so painful to watch. I mean, crocodile tears. I did that when I was five. And if you can't see through that, I don't think my spidey sense is any better than anybody else's. And I'm looking at her going, seriously? It was so fake. And, and then you watch the pundits during the breaks, and they're like, oh, that was compelling. Oh, that was heartfelt. And it was like, you feel like you're in yeah. an I, alternative I, 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 reality. Yeah, it, was, it was totally one of those things where – I'm sure that the instructions were pretty clear to her because I know she doesn't talk like that when she's wandering yes. around. The, what you have when, that for? I know, I know, I know that she's not uh, talking like that when she's wandering around the vagina hat, never Trumper rally. She's not talking like she's a 12 year old girl, 
And then she and she, and wearing those big oversized glasses, and she had her vocal fry going on. And I said earlier, I said she might as well just had been uh, like on a rocking chair with pigtails and a big lollipop, uh, and, and like Edith Ann is in in laughing. It's like it was driving me crazy how fake this was. And then we had the actual money piece here, where I, at this point I thought that the 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 hearing should have been over. They should have just turned the lights out and left at the fear of flying exchange that um, took place. Unless we're going to the Caribbean. Between Rachel Mitchell and, and, and Dr. Ford. And, and I, I, I really got a little tired of Rachel Mitchell because they were, they were way too kid-glovey and coddling this woman and, and making these idiotic jokes. And it was like, okay, enough of this. But I guess you have to be that way. Otherwise, you're just a mean person. So, but it validates it validates the 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 lie that she's telling by treating her that way so gently. I, I was furious about the equivalents being drawn with rape victims and child you know child uh, children that have been molested. Yeah, she was not raped. We were talking any any girl that hasn't been pawed or grabbed at by a high school guy is lying, and that's a fact. Yeah, well, she was, I, I mean, really. if she was, maybe she was pawed and grabbed it at somebody, but whatever, whatever case it be, I don't believe it was Brett Kavanaugh. I don't believe her for a second. And this exchange here between her and Rachel Mitchell should have been the end of the hearing and certainly the end of her credibility. She was allowed to get away with this, which drove me nuts. No one went, went back and doubled back on this. No one in the news media covered this at all. So... Basically, the setup here is that she was uh, not coming to D.C. at one point because she was afraid of flying. All right. And, and, and so this woman trying to keep a straight face, Rachel Mitchell, then proceeds to point out all the different ways that Rachel Mitchell is flying around the country. And let's just uh, listen to it for a second here. And Ford didn't Dr. know. Ford, how did she you had get that. to Washington? In an airplane. Okay. It's, I asked that because it's been reported by the press that you would not submit to an interview with the committee because of your fear of flying. Is, is that true? Well, I was willing. I was okay, this, is, this, is, this was what was so infuriating was her fake little lean towards the microphone, blinking a thousand times with that baby voice of hers. It was like, okay. We've kind of had enough of this. Now, I was just listening to it, so I didn't, I didn't see it until I was able to review some of the tapes and things like that later on. But that was driving me crazy because this was, this was a sure indication that she was definitely coached and this was definitely fake. They would come to me, but then uh, realize that was an unrealistic request. It would have been a quicker trip for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've got to be – I mean, this was so – skin crawling it was just ugh. so um that was certainly what i was hoping was to avoid having to get on an airplane but now now does, does she not know that rachel Mich mitchell has her entire life uh in terms of her her airplane tickets in her hand i mean because well, whether she does or not she knows that she has done that so <laughs> wouldn't you assume that Oh, and, and she probably didn't even create that lie. That lie was created for her, right? Yes. Because they're trying to stall. Right. And she's probably sitting there going, "Man, that that bogus money laundering GoFundMe account better make it worth it." Yeah. 
Because yeah, he you you're now afraid of flying because Brett yeah, Kavanaugh yeah, yeah. pushed on you. Yeah, yeah. Here, okay, let me go back here real quickly. There we go. What I was hoping was to avoid having to get on an airplane, but I yeah, because you're deathly afraid of airplanes. Are you, Chicky Poo? He was able to uh, get up the gumption with the help of some friends. Oh yeah, were those your beach friends? <laughs> Somebody said earlier they were teasing her because they were like. Gumption? Where'd that come from? Not the gumption, dang it. Yeah. Yeah, you fall off your little rocking chair in front of the... I, I don't drink. I don't swear. <laughs> I definitely don't make out with boys. Yeah, yeah. I, you, where'd, you, where'd, you, where'd you learn the word gumption? At the Cracker Barrel that you, were, that you frequent? She's not allowed to get on the plane. When you were here in uh, the mid, mid-Atlantic area back in... Uh, August, uh, end of July, August. How did you get here? Also by airplane. <laughs> yeah, those. You, you, yeah, by airplane. Those flying machines. You know that I've heard no, about. Once a year during the summer to visit my family. Okay. I'm sorry, not here. I go to Delaware. See what happened was, and did you notice in the very beginning? And just this, the real quick uh, diversion from the actual uh, situation I love this. here. But you had the, uh, the the in the in the beginning when she was about to talk, she had a. Uh, the microphone in Grassley was like, move the box over to me. Can you give me the box? I'm like, okay. So they're trying to move the box in front of her. Yeah, well, it sounds like, Grassley sounds like Leahy. And Leahy sounds like all the other old dudes on there. Orrin Hatch. Patrick Leahy. I've been on this committee for 44 years. I'm going, 44 years? No joke. Dude, it'd be unbelievable. So no, but but they asked her. We have to be careful with lifetime jobs. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I, 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 they were asking her if you guys go back to the very beginning of if you have it on tape someplace, back to the very beginning of this whole thing. He tried to get her to move the box so it was in front of her, but they didn't want to move the box to make it in front of her because you got to realize that when you have this kind of look where you have to like dip into a microphone, you're not at the microphone. Then you dip into it like you don't really have never been in front of a microphone before. It lets you, it gives you this sense of innocence and, and meekness that they were trying to develop with this woman who was six months ago marching in a vagina hat rally screaming about Donald Trump. But anyway, let's continue on with the dismantling of Christine <laughs> Blasey Ford's uh, credibility. Okay. Um, in fact, you fly fairly frequently for your hobbies and your, you've had to fly for your work. Is that true? Correct, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, because I'm... <laughs> so you're terrified pretty much most of your life then, are you, dear? Because you're on a plane all the time, it looks like. It's her claustrophobia, right? And did you catch that she is so claustrophobic that she has two front doors? <laughs> I know. Two front doors. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a claustrophobic, but I do like to go into these uh, metal cylinders and fly 30,000 feet up in the air with no chance of getting out of there (laughs) until we land. Oh, my God. Now, that's a claustrophobic with with an asterisk, I think. Two front doors. Yeah, right. That's the most – okay, please continue. This is too much. Um, you you were a consulting biostatistician in Sydney, Australia. Is that right? 
I've never been to Australia, but the company that I worked for is based in Australia, and they have an office in San Francisco, California. <laughs> See, there's no okay. way she talks like this. There's no way. I said earlier, just give her a big, gigantic lollipop and pigtails, and that's really what the, the get-up that they wanted to present to us here. Australia. <laughs> it is long. Yes, it is. Um, it's, a long, it's a long ride, yes. On your CV that you list the following interests of... I'm surprised they didn't, like, give her... Uh, like a uh, a doll to sh- to show us show us how uh, doll. he t- he touched he groped you and she'd have have him going presumably up the stairs and chasing her in. You realize that she has her fans that are touching themselves to this, and th- and that's a, a fetish that. Ugh. Ew. Travel and you in parentheses put Hawaii, Costa Rica, South Pacific Islands, and French Polynesia. Have you been all to those places? Correct. Yeah, but what, by raft? <laughs> but it was painful. I took, uh, I was going to take a raft and then a canoe, and then my friends at the beach gave me the gumption to climb on an airplane 12 times. Don't be jealous. In three it's months. very difficult by for airplane? me. Yes. <laughs> and your interests also include oceanography. And it's, it's weird, though, because she says by airplane, and she goes, yes. Like, like there's talk, they're talking about a different mode of transportation they were talking about before. Like, no, this is the same airplane you were talking about you're afraid to get on. This was, the, this was the moment they should have turned the lights off and left and voted to confirm, and, uh, to pass out Kavanaugh for the final vote. And in Tahitian culture, did you travel by air as a part of those interests? Correct. <laughs> Thank you very well, much. You, the long-suffering Dr. Ford. It, looks, it, it seems to me like if it, if, if it were true she was afraid to fly, uh, more harm was done by her frequent flying than by Brett Kavanaugh. You know what I mean? Anyway, this is, this is where this, this was infuriating. Nobody covered this, Kim. That was false and fake. It never happened. <laughs> okay, so this is your, your fake. Yeah. Can I take it out of the this box? This is your gift. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hold on a second. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to take it out of here. So Kim just gave me this little fake news. Uh... All I can say is it's totally fake news. <laughs> you you think that this was? You think that they didn't want me to open this the way they have it locked in here? Here, let me use. Like, yeah. Uh, gee whiz! It's like I'm. Opening up like a, a King Tut's tomb here. <laughs> there. Oh, so it's a little, yeah, so you can just kind of like hit it. And... It's a button, yeah. You are fake news. <laughs> that was false and fake and never happened. It's all fake news. It's phony stuff. It, all I can say is it's totally fake news. It's just fake. It's fake. Nice. So they're like a lot of different this, uh, fake news was indeed fake news. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Kim. I appreciate welcome, that. Jamie. Yeah. So and then, of course, we had the Lindsey Graham explosion, which was fantastic. And I played the entire thing for people. I heard it. I'm glad you played it because not everybody got to hear it. Yeah. And well, no, because yeah. the way that the way the news media covered this thing, uh, a lot of people didn't get to hear it. I mean, let and me you see. You saw his face. That was the best part. I mean, he was. And, yeah. But, you know, it was coming because the break right before then, and he was out in the hall, and he was ranting then, and he had 
had it. Yeah, I, yeah, right. Because I remember he was he was being interviewed then, and the the great thing about him coming out swinging was that he, he it was timed perfectly because it was about uh, four forty five Eastern time, and and three forty five St Louis time, and about three forty five St Louis time, the the roads are packed, and so if, if if there are people listening, this is the time they're plugging in to the hearing, and so. Nobody was making the case. He made the case. And w- when they were pressuring him, uh, Durbin, oh, to you tell the FBI, you call for it. You should want one for your reputation. Now he's back in the position of having to prove a negative because that's what they want, right, is to delay this thing. And, and I was so aggravated that no Republicans were jumping in and saying, wait, 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 wait. They were allowing that badgering to happen, and, yeah. and that's when you always worry the fix is in, the fix is in, right? Because we know how we feel about three quarters of Republicans. Well, it's once, like, yeah, and then once Lindsey Graham uh, laid it out there, then all the other Republicans started to talk too, but they didn't, they couldn't, they so couldn't right. match his passion, so it was perfect. So Lindsey, yeah, he was like, I'm gonna go to the ball closet, I'm gonna grab some balls, I'm gonna come <laughs> out here, and then I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna start yelling at people, and this is how it's all gonna go down. You understand what I'm saying? Come to us. What you wanna do is destroy this guy's life, hold this seat open, and hope you win in 2020. You've said that, not me. You've got nothing to apologize for. When you see Sotomayor and Kagan, tell them that Lindsey said hello, because I voted for them. I would never do to them what you've done to this guy. This is the most unethical. Wait, by the way, I, I will let you know, there's a double box here, okay? And so, and so you, you have to look at Kavanaugh's face when Lindsey Graham is doing this. And Kavanaugh's face, he doesn't move his head but his eyes are are going around the room at the panel, and and you can tell inside he's going, damn. <laughs> he's like, damn. Keep going, keep going. He's you know, and and then and then he's like he's like world star. <laughs> Sotomayor and Kagan tell him that Lindsay said all, because I voted for them. I would never do to them what you've done to this guy. This is the most unethical. Sham. Kavanaugh's like, I think he's going to pull a gun. Since I've been in politics, and if you really wanted to know the truth, you sure as hell wouldn't have done what you've done to this guy. Are you a gang rapist? No. I cannot imagine what you and your family have gone through. Boy, y'all want power. God, I hope you never get it. I hope the American people can see through this sham. That you knew about it and you held it. You had no intention of protecting Dr. Ford. None. She's as much of a victim as you are. And you got to imagine Trump's watching this going, uh, can you guys grab me Lindsay's phone number? <laughs> Not the one I gave away during the campaign. I'm talking about his, <laughs> the phone number. Classic trolling. Know, we should have known then what we were getting with him. Yeah. It's too good. Boy, this 1% <sighs> guy's got 99% vigor here, I'll tell you. Oh. God, I hate to say it because these have been my friends. But let me tell you, when it comes to this, you're looking for a fair process. You came to the wrong town at the wrong time, my friend. <laughs> Do you consider this a job interview? 
the advice and consent role is like a job. You consider that you've been through a job interview. I've been through a process of advice and consent under the Constitution. Which Would has, you say you've been through hell? I, I've been through uh, hell and then some. This is not a job interview. Yeah. This is hell. This, this, this is going to destroy the ability of good people to come forward because of this crap. Your high school yearbook. You have interacted with professional women all your life, not one accusation. You're supposed to be Bill Cosby when you're a junior and senior in high school. And all of a sudden you got over it. It's been my understanding that if you drug women and rape them for two years in high school, you probably don't stop. Here's my understanding. If you lived a good life, people would recognize it like the American Bar Association has the gold standard. His integrity is absolutely unquestioned. He is the very circumspect. Jeff Flake is like thinking, I hope he doesn't look at me. <laughs> well, what was Spartacus doing? And I, <laughs> I don't know. But you know Jeff Flake is thinking, I bet you he's going to eventually turn to me, and I hope he doesn't because uh, I'm a big P. And I don't want to be called it's out here. It's coming, though. It's, it's coming. coming. And his personal conduct harbors no biases or prejudices. He's entirely ethical. Is a really decent person. He is warm, friendly, unassuming. He's the nicest person. The ABA. And one thing I can tell you, you should be proud of. Ashley, you should be proud of this. That you raised a daughter who had the good character to pray for Dr. Ford. To my Republican colleagues, if you vote no, you're legitimizing the most despicable thing I have seen in my time in politics. You want this seat? I hope you never get it. I hope you're on the Supreme Court. That's exactly where you should be. And I hope that the American people will see through this charade. And I wish you well. And I intend to vote for you, and I hope everybody who's fair-minded will. Prime time, Lindsay. That was fantastic. <laughs> and, 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 and to me, early on, I believed that uh, Jeff Flake was going to be a no vote regardless because he had nothing to lose, and in his personal agenda, everything to gain by giving the middle finger to Trump on his way out. And he was going to do this. Now, I don't believe there's any legit way that he can. You know, I, I, I did assume, I, I do believe that Susan Collins and Murkowski, I did believe, and little Bob Corker, I believe that they were going to vote. Yes, ultimately. Uh, because, you know, for all of their faults, Susan Collins and Murkowski, you, you can't deny common sense at some point. You can't but do it. But nobody was making the case. I, I think that Judge Kavanaugh saved himself and probably saved the Republican Party. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that's why we played so much of the Lindsey Graham yeah. thing is because we were all – we wanted to enjoy this moment because we've spent when, – when Donald Trump is the only guy right. seemingly that has any balls out there right. uh, and finally these people are stepping up. And you know what? It, it's true. This was – at some point, somebody's got to stand up and, and just – and say this is crap here, and and 
we're not going to let it stand. Now, keep in mind, there were a couple times I didn't understand when, when uh, and, and, and of course the news media obsessed over it, which was when he was uh, talking to that lady about whether or not she'd ever blacked out. <laughs> I don't know why he did that. But. Especially your dad's an alcoholic. I, I, mean, I, I think it was... And by the way, way to throw your dad out there. <laughs> yeah, I right, exactly. Like, poor guy. But, yeah. but, you know, and he came back and he, oh, yeah. and he, he backtracked, but he, he, was, he was pissed. But you know what? At some point you get so frazzled here and I thought that his passion was was absolutely perfectly appropriate and badly needed. And you know, how did the news media cover it? Well, let's go to Lester. You know, by the way, did you see that uh, that Megyn Kelly is now appearing on these NBC panels? She she has been actually pretty fair minded about some of the stuff, which is surprising. But she's now appearing on these little roundtables in their coverage now. I don't know what what. Where that's they're, coming they're from. They're token but. Republican. Yeah, I guess. Here. I mean, you can identify her just because she's good looking. Yeah. You right. know, she's got to be one of ours. Was. We are not strangers to rooms like this one, where the unblinking eye you, of a television camera has allowed the people of this country to serve as the grandest of juries for over 60 years. From Senator Joseph McCarthy's search for communists, thwarted by a rhetorical question. Have you no sense of decency, sir? You know, it's interesting that they decide they're going to play the Joe McCarthy uh, clips on NBC because that's exactly what this is. But Kavanaugh is the one who is being victimized here, not her. So it's interesting they would conjure the and, McCarthy hearings, because this McCarthy is... McCarthy was right. Yeah, well, to a certain degree, <laughs> I mean, degree, we yeah. were being infiltrated by communists. <laughs> <laughs> to a certain degree, but, but, but still, though, this, this, was, this, was, this is, we're living in a time of uh, McCarthyism, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking about where he was wrong, because they were, they were just now, just anybody who has an allegation against them is automatically guilty. And so that's that's the world we're living in, and and boy, I'll tell you, this is going to be. I don't know what your what's your ultimate prediction on this one, Kim. Kavanaugh. Oh yeah, or Kavanaugh. The world. Uh, well, the <laughs> Kavanaugh. For now, we'll get to the world later. <laughs> um, I, I I think that by the hair of our chinny chin chins, it could have gone differently yesterday if he had presented differently. That he will be confirmed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think he will be, too. And, and you know what else I picked up on is I think that our president is getting better at the game. Uh, when he said, well, I'm going to watch and I have an open mind. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they yeah. don't know what to do with that. <laughs> I know. Do I think that he has an open mind? Hell no. His, his mind is made up uh, if he was forced off of Kavanaugh. But, but he knew what he thought believes but he he leaves it out there as a possibility and you see him doing that more and more and then they don't know what to say they can't call him a tyrant well i'm gonna wait and see with everyone else yeah i I think that's a great point you make about president trump seemingly getting it because he's not falling into traps and at the same time holding on to his credibility and his strength so he's not kissing up to anybody Mm But he's but he's better at kind of yeah. that because because it, it did it was slightly surprising when I heard him say, well, I don't know, I'm I'm gonna just kind of uh, keep an open mind. I might change my mind. It's like okay, <laughs> but I have another one in an hour, and guess if that happens, I have another one ready in an hour, and guess who it would be? That woman. I hope wouldn't yeah. that have been awesome? <laughs> She's got to be the next one, regardless. News this morning is that uh, little Bob Corker is going to vote yes on. 
Kavanaugh. So for all of some of the chest beating that we're hearing from uh, from some of the people who were traditionally never Trumpers, uh, we've got Bob Corker tweeting out uh, last night that I plan to vote to confirm Judge Brett Kavanaugh. That's and then he puts his uh, full statement there. So and, and I I think and I hope it will take some steam out of this Me Too movement. Um, it, it's out of hand. I, I fear for my son. It's not my daughter I'm worried about. Yeah. Because I've raised her to be tougher than that and, and not put herself in bad positions. And if she is in bad position, you know, she can defend herself or she's in charge of herself and don't be traumatized to grow up. I mean, this and, and the whole idea, oh, I just, yeah. I don't want to stand that, but the idea of being so traumatized your entire life because of that. You're neurotic. Well, we already can see that, but you, you're clearly neurotic, and you started out that way. But it's my son. My son just uh, got a, uh, a, a, a big uh, job in D.C. He's a partner, a new partner in a PR firm there. And as he's putting together his staff and we're talking on the phone, I'm authentically concerned that he's hiring women. Oh, you are? Well, of course. If, if this were allowed... If this had been allowed to prevail, our our sons, our husbands, our brothers are vulnerable. And this whole, the, the outrageous idea that women should be believed because women lie all the time. Men lie, children lie. Andy lies when, damn it, Andy, when I asked him if he was the one in the garbage. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it, what, there's nothing special. If you want to talk about what's special about women, there's a lot of things. Yeah. But... As if we have the market on, on, on that kind of right. honesty is outrageous. Well, you ha- you make an interesting point too about the blowback uh, regarding the Me Too movement because you hope that that this doesn't happen, but. There is a sense sometimes that people just avoid the trouble. It is kind of like the way cops kind of maybe stand down the next time they see somebody on a street corner. They decide that they're going to just not mess with it because of all the trouble it could possibly create if they dare say a cross word to the individual on the corner. Mm -hmm. So when you are in a position where you can hire people, uh, are you going to hire an attractive woman? Or take a pass just in case six months from now she's going to make some kind of claim. Now, you hope the, to the Lord that doesn't happen. And, uh, and and clearly, Kavanaugh has had no fears about that at all. In fact, I think if you're a male and you want to get into uh, the legal profession, Kavanaugh's not going to help you, <laughs> apparently. Because <laughs> you know, one, one of the things that, that was pointed out, I think that's pretty amazing, is Kavanaugh said at the hearing, goes, you know, if if I, I had to have some pre hiring mm-hmm. of of my staff beforehand, so when I when I knew I was going to be you know up for the job, I also had at that time vet people and 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 actually have a list of people who were going to be my clerks and my staff. And he said I would be the first Supreme Court justice ever with an entire staff of women. And, and and that, of course, fell by the wayside, too. Normally, you'd be declared a national hero if you happen to be a, a liberal or somebody and well, said that. but anything can be twisted. You know, he's also – is that a binder full of women? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they, yeah. they can work it against you. Oh, yeah. No. Any way you look at it. But with my son, you know, we did have this very serious conversation that – you know, sadly, I think that for the time being, at least you're really going to have to watch what you do. This, These 
after work happy hours or going to lunch. You know, Pence doesn't look so stupid now, does he? No. And in <laughs> fact, Pence, Pence, Pence could very well be, if Flake decides he's just going to still be an a-hole, uh, Pence will be the deciding vote, ultimately, uh, perhaps, depending on, on what happens here when, when the full Senate goes uh, uh, into the, the confirmation process. But a couple of things have to happen, and if this whole thing goes through and Kavanaugh survives this, which I think he will, then we got to double back, and we have to go back into the, uh, into the battlefield and shoot the remaining survivors. And so Avenetti... This whole story has to be looked at because right now, so far, Avenetti is getting away with making a run with a completely fake ass story about gang rape. And he cannot be allowed to get away with this. So Kavanaugh gets confirmed, but he cannot be allowed to get away. Uh, Avenetti can't be allowed to get away with this. The news media will kind of forget about this whole thing. But I don't think Avenetti ought to be allowed to get away with what he tried to purport and he tried to put forth. I, I think it's over for him. He's off the pedestal now. Yeah. He, he's been made a fool of, and this vote will seal his fate. And so much for your presidential dreams, and he's gone. Right. And the Republicans also need to, if if indeed uh, that, that uh, Kavanaugh is confirmed, the Republicans need to go big or stay home on the issue of where did the leak occur? Because this is a very, this is a very important, crucial issue here about how this story f- fell into the hands of the news media, and how this letter fell into the hands of the news media that was only in the possession of Feinstein and her staff and a a, a congressperson's uh, staff. And so, at this point, you have to figure out, okay, where did this all come from? Now, Cornyn and Ted Cruz. And Feinstein got into it a little bit yesterday on that issue. Keep in mind, this has happened before, and it just so happens that Leaky Leahy, does anybody remember old Leaky Leahy? You and I are old enough to remember that Leahy, who bragged yesterday that he'd been on a committee for 44 years. I've been on this committee for 44, 44 years? Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm more power to you for being elected time and time again. I get it. But 44 years on the Judiciary Committee? At one point, Leahy had to had to resign his position as a Judiciary Committee higher up because he was caught leaking Iran Contra uh, memos and things like that. At one point, there was some discussion as to whether or not somebody was killed as a result of the information that Leahy leaked, and I don't know whether that's true or not, but but that was the story at the time. And then you had another one of these guys. Uh, you had Blumenthal. Does anybody remember that Blumenthal lied about his Vietnam War record? This is the same Blumenthal that talked to told uh, Kavanaugh, "Hey, you know what? If there's any hole in your story at all, it, it completely taints your credibility." Well, there's a gigantic hole in Blumenthal's record as a lying as lying about his Vietnam record. Well, you know what I wish had been linked is all of the payouts from that slush fund to pay off in the House, right? Right. How yeah. many millions of dollars to silence complaints against congressmen? Yeah. Well, and once once Lindsey Graham laid waste on everybody, then it was kind of down to business. Ted Cruz and Cornyn were kind of like, you know, at that point they abandoned Rachel 
what's her face, and decided yeah, they're going to take this. Work out. I, it, it sounded it, good. It really, Have you ever done that? <laughs> with, with the exception of the flying, yeah. where, where she was totally busted in her fear of flying lie, which again, I, I can't get enough of that two minute segment of this eight hour plus hearing that should have been the end of Dr. Ford's credibility, but wasn't because the, the woman, Rachel, what's her face? Didn't. Did you not know when you saw her though? I mean, call me crazy, but but seriously, you can, you just size up people. We, when you've been on earth long enough, you (laughs) size them up. And, and I looked at her and I said, yeah, this is not going to go well. Right. One of the most significant testimony we heard this morning is Dr. Ford told this committee that the only people to whom she gave her letter were her attorneys, the ranking member, and her member of Congress. And she stated that she and her attorneys did not release the letter, which means the only people that could have released that, that letter were either the ranking member on her staff or the Democratic member of Congress. Because I, think Dr. I think it's that short-haired chick with the blue hair behind Dianne Feinstein who leaked the memo. I'm just Ford saying. told this committee those are the only people who had it. That is not a fair process. And we should look to the facts, not anonymous innuendo and slander. Chairman, I ask for a point of personal privilege to respond. Proceed. Mr. Chairman, um, let me be clear. I did not hide Dr. Ford's allegations. I did not leak her story. She asked me to hold it confidential, and I kept it confidential. So how did it get out then? I mean, that's that's the big question is how did it wind up in the hands? Unless, of course, she herself leaked it. But she continued. But of course, I think she's a liar. So I. I so she maintains that she didn't. It. But you know, she asked. <laughs> she apparently was stalked by the press. Felt that uh, what happened, she was forced to come forward, and her greatest fear were realized. But, the was- re- but, but here's why she was stalked by the press because the story was leaked. That's why she was stalked by the press. So Feinstein, when she talks about how, well, she was stalked by the press. No, no, no. The point, what Cruz's point is, how did it get into the hands of the press to begin with? She's been harassed. She's had death threats. And she's had to flee her home. In In addition, the investigation that the Republican majority is heralding is really nothing that I know about other than a partisan practice. Normally, all the witnesses would be interviewed. However, that's not happened. While the majority has reached out to several people, they did not notify me or my staff that they were doing this. And so to argue that we would not participate but not tell us what they were up to is somewhat disingenuous. Yeah, well, ultimately, something has to happen in the aftermath of this. After Kavanaugh is confirmed, we have to find out how this whole thing uh, came about. Now, keep in mind, too, that when it comes to Feinstein and the others trying to, did you hear Durbin trying to egg, say, will you at this time turn to uh, White House counsel and ask? And the guy's like, no, not going to do that. Thank you, though. Anyway, (laughs) Dr. Durbin, appreciate it. But no, I mean, this was such a stunt that was pulled yesterday that I was so glad that late in the afternoon and even with Kavanaugh's testimony, the GOP just, in my opinion, snatched victory, victory. out of the jaws of defeat for sure. 
And and in that line right there, it's so fun to watch it as it progresses because she does. She's on the run, and and ultimately, it's like I didn't do it. <laughs> it's like said like the person who oh, did. I, I know, I know. And so uh, this morning, we don't know what exactly is going to happen, but but apparently, the vote is going to take place today. So we just don't know. And then what they're saying, the full Senate next Tuesday, and then on Wednesday, we'll we'll be talking about Rosenstein. Oh yeah. Uh, probably. We'll be off of this. We'll, we'll be on to Rosenstein. Yeah. We'll, and you know indictments have to start coming out soon. Yeah. Elections are right around the corner. Now, listen to how twisted uh, the left has become and how they're viewing this whole thing. Because those of you who actually – and that's the un- only other unfortunate thing about this hearing is it's eight hours long. And so a lot of people do still depend on the news media to boil it down for them. Now, Fox News, I thought later on in the day – were a little bit more fair about this process. In the beginning, you had Chris Wallace and his over-emotional, like, love fest with with, uh, Dr. Ford. And it was like, dude, are you going to cry too, for crying out loud? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was like, man, it was driving me crazy. Judge Napolitano. What happened to him? I don't know. Judge Napolitano is like, he's like uh, Dr. Darkness. I know, he used to be our liberty guy, man. I know. I know. Well, you know, here's the thing, though. It, the problem is, I think, I think Napolitano, again, you know, like like everybody who is trying their hands at punditry here, they try to predict based on past values, and so uh, usually a, a hearing like this is not normally going to go well if you just kind of uh, read the tea leaves uh, based on how. It, how all this stuff was playing out the week ahead of it. Even I, in that morning, uh, yesterday morning, I called it a disaster for the GOP. I, I said that the I called them republicucks, and 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 that they were being uh, completely abused by this process, and they agreed to it. So Grassley agreed to let the Democrats speak, and usually what they when they spoke, it was praising her as a as a. Victim. An American hero, yeah. and then um, and then at the same time, when it came for the Republican, Rachel stepped in. I was thinking this doesn't make any sense. And then when she got started, it was five minutes, and then on to you know Blumenthal. It's like okay, this is going to be they're going to need eight hours to just to talk to the woman, and so I was really concerned about it. It didn't look good too. in the morning. I was too, and that's why you know Lindsay is is and his speech was so pivotal, pivotal, and I think there were some great lines that came out of what he said. Uh, I think one of the things that Judge Kavanaugh said that was very uh, uh, compelling is the truth has a ring to it. Yes, the truth has a ring to it. Everybody knows that, but nobody can say that uh, if we're talking about a woman making an allegation. It's not right. You're 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 uh, a hater. If you look at her and go, you know what? You look freaking neurotic, man. Clearly, yeah. you're not telling the truth. Those are some crocodile tears. Get out of here, like Batman. You know the meme slapping slapping Robin. Uh, and and so that some things that Lindsay said that will if you're looking for how did he say it there at the end if you're looking for fair play yeah. in this town you're not how finding he it here. said it I, I thought that was great and and so it makes me wonder Jamie are we also seeing a shift in 
because of the president and his leadership, uh, the way he speaks very plainly, and and now Lindsey did, and and Judge Kavanaugh did. That was very plain speak. I like beer. I like beer. Sometimes I drink a lot of beer. And then you compare and contrast that to these old timers, as if they have white wigs on, and you know my you know honorable yeah. so and so and my esteemed colleague and la, 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 la. yeah every time they they were uh, even Lindsey Graham was like these are friends of mine but I'm like dude we don't need you know the, the, everybody kind of had to preface every like Cory Booker was like I was our Spartacus was like you know Lindsey Graham's a friend of mine there's there's this swampiness right. uh, and, and in fact uh, Kirsten Gillibrand who was the uh, senator from New York. Uh, a couple things were happening here. First, you had Leahy bragging about being on the same committee for 44 years, which right. is like, oh, my Lord. Then you had uh, the constant interruption. They'd ask a question or make a statement for Judge Kavanaugh. Then then they would interrupt him. They wouldn't let him speak when he had – Grassley had to come in and go, let him answer the question for crying out loud. So it was uh, it was a charade. And I have to tell you, there was a little bit in me – that was thinking to myself, you got to be kidding me. These guys are talking about quarters. Because remember when, uh, when. Have you ever played quarters? When, no. Yeah, to the judge, like, Kevin, oh have you ever God. played quarters? Sheldon White, I was like, no. I'm going, am I really watching a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing? Or what the F's stand for? <laughs> yeah. And it was about flatulence. Did you see what Ann Coulter tweeted? Uh, the Me Toot movement. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> that we were having so anyway, there's, there's, and so Gillibrand decided she was going to be the swampiest of them all uh, and, and say that she was basically offended that Kavanaugh didn't talk respectfully to the senators. I was kind of glad that he re- wrote a couple of them like rented mules because he, that's what, desperately what we needed. And, he wa- and you could tell Kavanaugh when he came out of the blocks, he wasn't taking any crap, but Gillibrand didn't like, like that. Like the one Dr. Ford describes in her allegation. I've never sexually assaulted Dr. Ford or anyone. For more on what happened today and where Kavanaugh's nomination stands, I'm joined by Democratic Senator Kirsten Gillibrand of New York. Senator, your reaction to what you saw today? Well, I thought Dr. Blasey Ford's testimony was incredible. I thought she was so heartfelt. Uh, she spoke her truth so passionately. I love it. I love it how, by the way, Cor- uh, Cory Booker described it this way, her truth. What the hell does that mean? Is that like a liberal thing to say? Like she spoke Speaking her truth? truth. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was just wondering. It, it's legitimate. If it's your truth, then that's really all that matters. It's your truth. So we have to acknowledge right. it as truth. So, so is that a way to get around actually – actually, is that a, is that a, a, a cop-out for them? Because if, if, if they say spoke the truth – they can't say it's the truth. They can only say it's her truth, correct? You can't question her. If you challenge her, then you're a misogynist and, and you're victimizing women and they need to be heard and they should be heard. That's their truth. It sounds so left-wingy. Well, yeah, it does. We it need is. you to tell your truth. It's like, you mean the truth? No, your truth. I'm going, so there's a difference? Yes. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean that that drives me it was driving me nuts yesterday when Cory Booker kept on saying it, but I guess it's a thing in the Democratic Party, right? It is, and I had my truth as a kid. The, the difference was my dad's truth trumped mine. So, <laughs> such candor with such emotion, I I was really. Um, 
inspired by what she was driving me. Dr. Ford was driving me crazy because it was so transparent. It was so obvious that she was coached to squeak like a 12 year old girl. And I, and I point out this earlier and all that was missing was a big gigantic lollipop and pigtails. And, and, and that, because that's the kind of image that she wanted to portray was of this little innocent 12 year old girl uh, who uh, has never been really to a vagina hat anti-Trump rally or screamed and yelled about hating Donald Trump and is not part of the left-wing cabal out there. So she comes across – it was so fake to me. I, I, and, and, and I didn't buy one bit of it. And then when, of course, she was dismantled over a fear of flying story. And then she also – remember how she kept talking about how – um, if you would, if somebody would only tell me where Mark Judge, when, what year he worked at the Save You store or whatever the hell it was, if they would just tell me, no, we're not going to tell you. You, you're the one who claims to know everything here. But if, if somebody would just tell me, like, wh- I could be more helpful. She kept saying that. Like, not that I could be more truthful, or I could be more helpful because I want to be helpful. Today, um, I thought the second half though was so discouraging. Of course, it was because you're you guys are about to lose your, you know what? The way uh, Judge Kavanaugh started with partisan attacks, it really. Oh yeah, uh, Michael said, and it's true. Somebody put up the uh, Mary Catherine Gallagher thing up there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a, I, I I had Edith Ann, but I think Mary Catherine Gallagher is probably a, a better a better example of that. And by the way, it wasn't lost on me the when even when Kavanaugh and Dr. Ford were talking about their lives as young people, I was going, "Wow, you guys were what world were you living in?" Because it was the world of private schools and country clubs and summers at the beach and camps, and it was like, "Wow, you guys had a." Pretty damn good life. And the idea that anything is a secret in high school anyway, but my children went to private school too, and, and there are no secrets. Like, like all this would be happening and nobody's going to tell the headmaster. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be the next day. And, and, and I think that any time a girl does something sexual, by choice or not, the whole school knows. Yeah. They know within hours and that was even before we had cell phones <laughs> like this went on over and over and nobody knew i was thinking that it was also cool that uh judge kavanaugh talked a lot about beer he yeah. goes i he goes i like beer it's like that's pretty reasonable buddy i mean yeah. that sounds you know kavanaugh in fact it was interesting to me the more I heard about him, the more I heard about his life and him talking about drinking beer and him talking about coaching and that kind of thing. It's like, man, uh, that's the kind of I, – I like the idea, even though it might not have anything to do with the Constitution necessarily. But how refreshing is it to have a guy who, uh, who seemingly comes across as a real person? He seems so unlike all these other swamp monsters out there. Mm-hmm. Even to that degree of somebody, even people on the Supreme Court, and he seems just like like to be a very real guy, and 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 it seems to me like that'd be the perfect person, as long as you're conservative, for the Supreme Court. Oh, I agree, and and I like the stories of when they were young. I could imagine that, and he 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 seemed to be a very popular kid, but I can see him kind of geeky and and that calendar. You know, that's a certain kind of squared away person because their mind works that way yeah and and 
my son Sasha was was that way. He was determined from the time he, you know, and he knew, and he would never do anything. It's not about his virtue or anything like that. He would never do anything to derail his ambition because he was born with it. Yeah. Me, I mean, all kinds of stuff could and did happen. I, I probably couldn't be vetted for a dog catcher. But. Yeah. Well, they found they but, found then they found Mark Judge's book. Uh, and and uh, and Mark Judge apparently had a lot of issues. He didn't quite make it past the point where a twelve pack of beer every night wasn't a good idea. He, he decided that was going to be something he did every single night the rest of his life, which didn't work out well for him. And then they, somebody ran down a bookie road or something, and they had uh, they had the the. Bart Kavanaugh is a reference. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. And they were trying to insinuate somehow that that Brett Kavanaugh was a stinking drunk uh, the whole time and blacked out and did all this kind of stuff. But generally, to me, none of the stories I heard were any different than than a regular run of the mill, with the exception of it was the drinking age was twenty one here in Missouri and eighteen up on the East Coast. So that's why they were drinking so early. When did that change? 80 I don't know. Uh, 81 82? Oh, I I don't know. All I know is I I when I went when I left St. Louis to go to Madison, Wisconsin and the drinking age went from 21 to 18, I was like drinking beer all the time. I was in the military, so even when it changed, we were still allowed. Yeah. In fact, in the in the barracks, the vending machines, they had one for pop and they had one with beer cans. Yeah. It was encouraged. I don't know how you know it's it's amazing to me. Times have changed, but that I how stupid I was to think that my parents didn't notice that I was drinking their beer. I don't I don't know how I I, I must have thought that oh I'll just take this can because I used to go down in the basement and they'd have uh, my my uh, they they uh, for a while it was all it was always Bush and then it was Bud but then then they got into this Wiedemann's kick. And you're like, Bleh. have you ever heard of Wiedemann's? Oh, no, I didn't care what kind of beer it was. I was going in there and, and, and popping the cans and drinking it. That's pretty cute. And, but but, but I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know how they... And then what, you would hide the cans and, or yeah. throw them in the neighbor's garbage can? or Yeah, I would do something with them. But, but, but it was weird, though, because though, there were only... I would notice, like, if I, I would notice if... Well, maybe, yeah, I would. I would notice if some of my beer was gone. Like if Aiden one, was drinking two, my beer, I'd notice. One or two were gone or three. I mean, how much did you drink? Oh, one or two. I'd basically, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I'd go down there and I'd basically shoot, shoot one. It was like pop it open. <laughs> get the hell out of there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> put a pillow over the, put a pillow over the thing. And then not kiss your mom goodnight. <laughs> Come and give me a kiss. Good night, Jamie. <laughs> or how about how about how about the idea that that I thought that my parents would notice that I put water in their liquor? Well, unless they were drinking it out of the bottle, they may not notice if they're mixing it with something. And and Jamie, you were a good boy overall, so they didn't have to count the beers. They thought. Yeah, yeah. Joanne remembers Wiedemann's. Yeah, that it was a, it was a, it was it was beer. I drank it. But anyway, they drank a lot of beer, apparently, back in, back in Kevin. And question his fitness for this office, for the fact that he does not have the temperament or the character or the honesty or integrity to be a Supreme Court justice. Yeah, he didn't just sit there and take all of our crap, Kirsten says. 
He doesn't have the temperament. I love it how I love it how somebody defends themselves and suddenly they don't have the temperament apparently because temper, they're, temper. They're, yeah they're not taking their lashings the way we're used to. I was really disturbed by the second half of the hearing and disturbed by my Republican colleagues and how they acted and what they said. Of course, of course disturbed. you were. Disturbed is the word. It was so bad because they they they, they wound up humiliating you. That was that's the key there. So you like you like your uh, you like some you like some old J, do you? Do you? I used to when I was at ninety seven one. Denise hated all J. I love old J. Here, it sometimes is like a uh, acquired taste, but never was for me. Alt J's one of those guys who uh, you listen to the music and, and you don't really understand any of the words, but it just sounds fantastic anyway. So this is the kind of thing I listen to at the office. I got those big, nice, tall ceilings, and I've got right. my Bose sound system all around. No matter where you walk in there, you get it, and it fills it. And yeah, that sounds great. Like a like a like a nice breezy little lofty like atmosphere, right? Windows open, right? Brick brick walls, maybe a little ceiling fan, maybe some gauzy yes. curtains. Yes, yes, and just listen to music. There, I got Pretty we got much. it. We got it all down, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Good morning this morning. Welcome to Radio Free Almond, RadioFreeAlmond.com. And we are in the Discovery Design Studios, DiscoveryDesignInc.com. And that's Rick and Jerry and the rest of the gang. And they're fantastic out there for all of your needs. If you are a builder, if you're a hauler, whatever it happens to be, they'll make your fleet look good. They'll build it up, conveyors they've got, and they'll paint, wrap, whatever you need done. Don't also forget about... Well, speaking of uh, gauzy curtains, how about getting Michael Proctor out there to your crib and he can put together a beautiful arrangement of window treatments for you because he's got your little uh, he's got your little mobile design unit comes to your doorstep. It's the weekend, but it's not his time off. He'll work seven days a week. He'll come to your house Saturday or Sunday. And he'll come and check it out. He's your interior designer. He's your installer. He's the procurer. He's the guy who'll get all kinds. Of, the woven wood shades are beautiful. Gauzy curtains, sure. Why not? And he has uh, motorized shades for you. And uh, all kinds of Norman shutters, which are fantastic. Proctor spelled like doctor. ProctorDrapery.com And thank you to... Mike and Shannon Marino for last night. It was uh, a great. great time. Yep. Have and you, have you I had barbecue down there for breakfast. Oh, you did? I did. Because I got two. <laughs> one for last night and then one for breakfast. Uh, oh, you I'm did. a chow out that way. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> it was really good. The County Browns did a great job. Yes. It, it was easy to find, even though it's way out there for me. It was easy to find. I thought the atmosphere was great. Yeah. Everyone, shout out to Ben. Where we go one, we go all. I got you. <laughs> got your cue. Ben's awesome. Lot of, it, it was a lot of fun. And thank you all for coming out. And Brett Steinoff says that they basically, he, a couple people hired him, uh, the County Browns, to be out there. They raised a lot of money 
for backstoppers mm-hmm. yesterday. Some of you even came by and then took it. Uh, I know Linda did. Linda came out and took some home with her. Yeah. Uh, and so I really appreciate you guys just coming by and, and uh, grabbing it. And that was uh, and taking it home. Inside. I like the way it felt. Yeah. It, it, it has a great atmosphere. I like, you know, you look around a place and you're like, are these my people? Whatever yeah. that is. But you can go into a place and go, these aren't my people. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I loved it. I just loved everything about it. So thank you for introducing me to. Well, and you know what's interesting, too, is that you, you, uh, he, he, their, their exhaust system, like he invested a lot of money in the exhaust system. And so, yeah, maybe you left there smelling a little bit like a cigar, but for the most part, that's why, you know, it's a, an attractive place for couples, too, because, you know, sometimes people, the, the, the women sometimes will resist going to a cigar bar because they don't want their clothes to smell or whatever else, but this is a different story there. And so we had a great time, and then the guys from Glazers was there as well. Uh, with their bourbon tasting, which was fantastic, and Phil's a great guy. We're going to hook up with them and do some work with them uh, on so, on getting you, some wonderful booze in your hands, thanks to Glazers, uh, the premier distributor of liquor in town here. So uh, I'm going to try to hook up with them. But we had a good time. It was great. It was uh, fun. Yeah. I got to put some pictures. I didn't put any pictures up. I had to come home and... Uh, get the show ready and everything else, but I'll put some pictures up from from last night because it was uh, it was fun. And you're the gang was all beloved. there. You're beloved. Yes. That was it w- clear. Well, and I love everybody too. So it shows you're that kind of legit yeah. guy. <laughs> well, and you know what though? That's what I picked up on Judge Kavanaugh that he loved his friends and they authentically loved him. Yeah. And I I I think that's awesome. He he did exude that, and people respond to that. I was amazed the truth when he has a ring to it. Yeah, I was amazed when he told that story about all of his the friends that he had. I'm thinking, dude, you had a lot of friends. And, and he, he, he started about talk- crying because he, he had drugged them into this. Yeah, and he was so apologetic. Sixty five women uh, signed on and 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 came to his defense. Just who are friends of his? I don't think I could drum up. You know, I mean, I'm telling you, it was it, it was crazy. And then he talked about how when he was a kid. Uh, he was uh, he would talk uh, to these girlfriends of his, and they weren't girlfriends as in girlfriends, girlfriends. You know, they were friends who were girls, and he had great relationships with them. And he said, you know, people make fun of me because I was uh, I was uh, a virgin or whatever. But you know, for us, it was a matter of faith. It was a matter of caution. It was a matter of respect, and we just didn't do that. We talked about the future we talked about stuff it sounds to me like they had a really nice little atmosphere there Mm -hmm. absolutely good kids so i was impressed but anyway uh really impressed with all of you coming out and uh, you know for a thursday night you know it's tough to get to these places so uh jp's corner i met jim musial uh last night you meet you meet jim he owns jp's corner in sunset hills so eventually we're going to maybe get out and get a happy hour going there yeah, we'll, we'll I love do that. that idea because we like beer. We do like beer. We might even, you know, what we might do is we might even do it like on a weekend. We might even do a happy Sunday, something like that. I don't know. I love that idea. Because right a lot church. of people, yeah, because weekends are uh, weekdays are kind of hard because a lot of people have, you yeah. know, if their kids are around, they've got soccer practices and volleyball practices yeah. and school the next day that they got to get their kids ready for. 
And so sometimes it's hard for people to come out, but I'll be there. Right on, Kim, with your bad self. What do you have in that box? Well, or is that okay to announce what you have in that box? Well, everything we do is legal, but the box. Don't you? I mostly ApacheBlaze.com, people. I, I mostly brought you a box. <laughs> <laughs> because, honest to God, I met another person that, like, oh, I love boxes. I save boxes. And so when we, when we ship out, uh, I have different sizes of these, but when we ship them out, I cover that box. There's a second box, a brown one, to not ruin the black one, because I assume you would want to keep it. Because I love boxes. So, um, what is this? That's that is just a little <laughs> like I have. No, 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 no. You spray uh, it on th- me. This actually is where the bottom screws off, and this is actually where I keep. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll tobacco keep products. I want to hide. Could oh. I have a hairbrush, for instance, that I travel with that I'll keep cash in. Uh, so I know oh, that nice. nobody will bother it. Yeah. And there's all kinds of things. These are awesome. Uh, an extra key to the house. Oh, you know, wow, yeah. You don't want to put that under yes. the mat because everybody thinks of that. But you don't open that. It'll. You want to be careful with so that. So it's, it's a scotch. So it's a, it's a, it's a and they, they have scotch points. <laughs> I love it. It's so, a stash can. But I've got some glass in here and a little love note. Jamie, I'm glad oh, you're my friend. So sweet. Thanks I love being my pee-pee. friend. But look at this. You can tell the girl does this. <laughs> it's like, well, all glass. And I have some glass here that you can put out and display. That's funny because our uh, uh, accountant is uh, a really nice older lady. And um, she loves some of the water pipes that we have. And so I've given her a couple. And she has them up on her mantle with her Japanese dolls. <laughs> <laughs> because they are beautiful. But just people, some glass. People can come by. But people can come by, right, uh, to your place. Is that correct? Uh, we're not a store. You're not a store. So I'm okay. there every day. But sometimes it may look like I'm not if I have the blinds drawn. Now, we're on the bar and restaurant end. So people are always – and we have the website on the window. And they'll look us up and, and they'll knock sometimes on the door because they know what we do after they looked it up. But – um, yeah, it's a so just for you, my friend. So so people can come by, but Kim will call the police on you. <laughs> <laughs> like the little the little window that the Wizard of Oz has. What do you want? <laughs> but ApacheBlaze dot com, and, and you yeah. do have some beautiful stuff on there. You know, seriously, it's just to even to have and admire, and it's functional art. And, you know, there was a time, thanks to, oh, we all remember John Ashcroft, right? Remember when he was uh, uh, the attorney general? Yeah. And the war on drugs, and and they launched something called Operation Pipe Dreams that actually Tommy Chong ended up going to prison <laughs> over, and they cracked down on paraphernalia and, and this awesome underground scene of glassblowers. These are, they're artists. Uh, and you go back to the Grateful Dead days and even the fish tours, and they would be out there in the parking lots selling their wares. It, it almost wiped it out because it, these people had to go so deep underground. So the reemergence of this uniquely American art form of, of functional glass. And, you know, these artists, and, and as Apache Blaze grows, we're going to move beyond functional glass they make pendants. You've seen me wear some. They make pendants. They make all kinds of things that that are really quite beautiful. And glass is fascinating. And and I love it. 
I love what I yeah. do. I love the scene. I love the people. When you go to our website, uh, on each product page, we have the artist and their picture and, and a little bit about them. So you're already connecting to that piece that you choose because this is a very personal thing. Yeah. Vaporizers will never do, do away with this. It's communal. It's ancient. Um, and so we believe so strongly in, in preserving and perpetuating this American art form that we couldn't be more pleased. And we're about the only ones out there. Our wow. competition online is all imported glass. Well, now you, wanna, now you make me want to open up a blacksmith shop, blacksmithing shop. I think you should because it's almost dead. I'm going to bring blacksmithing back. Since you're bringing glass blowing back, I'm bringing blacksmithing back. No joke. You know what? We can feel good about ourselves. Yeah. That it's so crunchy. Just, I just want to, you know what I want to do? I just want to sit in a room, yeah. listen to some Alt-J, yeah. and hammer stuff on an anvil yes. that's, that's blazing hot. That's insane. Just make knives for everybody. Right. <laughs> exactly. I'm just, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start just making fireplace uh, tools for people now. Andirons, I think they're called. Yeah, right. To bring the, the word back to you. Isn't that those things? The andirons. Yeah. I think you should. It's a simpler life. You know what I'm saying? Well, certainly. Just need to, I just need to create a demand for, secret stuff for in here. blacksmithed <laughs> almond items. Eh, you know what? When you sell it online, your market's worldwide. Yeah. Bring blacksmithing back. You know what? You know what? It wouldn't surprise me if it came back with our economy growing the way it is. All right, so Doug Giles is on just in about 10 minutes or so. He's going to come uh, join us. And he did you see his latest... Man, I hate going in front of him. He is so hilarious, on point. He reminds me. Doug always reminded me of uh, Dennis Miller because you got it. Because when Dennis Miller goes on his roles, where's he been lately? By the way, I don't know. When Dennis Miller goes oh, on, he used his, to be on. Um, uh, what's his face? Bill O'Reilly. I know. And yeah. Bill's gone. So, but when Dennis Miller is on a roll, you got to kind of keep up with him because yeah. he's hyper intelligent. You could tell they have they have IQs to the roof, yeah. and so when they talk and they they're using references and language and words yeah. and things, and you got to kind of stay with him because it's hard to keep up. And Doug's uh, Doug's that kind of guy, and he just has his latest uh, piece of art too. I'll show you when we're uh, taking a little bit of a break here, but he's going to be on with us at eight thirty. And don't forget, too, folks, uh, that uh, your insurance needs are yours with Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell All State Agency. Low premiums, low deductibles, all at the same time. And 855-QUOTE-ME is the number there. So yesterday was a, in my opinion, a great day. Today, here's how things are supposed to be going down. Uh, This judiciary panel will likely take a vote, and it might even be before noon. Right now, what's happening is that the uh, the White House is starting to zero in on some of these uh, GOP senators who may or may not be uh, on the fence. Bob Corker, as I told you earlier, that uh, that he is a yes vote uh, of the eleven Republicans on the committee. Jeff Flake remains in doubt. He's a bitter, petty, horrible person, and he doesn't care about America, certainly doesn't care about you, and only compare, cares about maybe his next book or something. But 
Jeff Flake is the only one who is going to be petty enough probably to vote no. But I don't know how he can yesterday after Lindsey Graham basically just shamed him and everybody else who's buying into this baloney, this hash that's being slung by Dr. Ford and the rest of the gang. He, too, did not think she would lose. He was counting it on changed, it. it. That Hillary would lose. He did not think she would lose. I mean, the, the landscape has changed for so many of them. Yeah. They thought they had their careers all laid out, and then something Well, and, and, and because, and Kim, we've talked about this before, so I, I you know, and people, people know uh, the truth about this, and that is, and this isn't just our truth, this is the truth, I'm just telling you. Uh, is that is that there are there were Democrats? Uh, I mean, there were Republicans who, and I'm and they were in the media, they were in the conservative media, they were at the National Review, they were in Congress, and they were in the Senate as well, who would prefer to have Hillary Clinton as president, and there are a number of reasons why. Uh, the people in the some people in the conservative media believed that that their they need to have relevance. And so for conservatives like to sell books, for instance, that talk about how your guns are going to go away, you have to have people in office who are talking about your guns going away. So you, you have to – you can't sell right. uh, sky is falling books and you can't sell a sky is falling radio show like Glenn Beck's if you don't have some enemy out there to Every constantly talk about needs an antagonist exactly or, or let's say you are a politician the key for a lot of these guys is fundraising and so what they do is uh, they have to have somebody to use to fundraise so when you have hillary clinton in office and you're a republican it's pretty easy for you to kind of stay in office because all you do is panic people over the fact that there's a Democrat in office and you fundraise using Hillary right. stuff. That's just how, how it works. Those emails were going out. I bet they were going out during the hearing. Oh, yeah. Fundraising emails were going out. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so unfortunately, those people were working against us the entire time. Now, I was – let's put it this way. I, there was a certain level of calculation on my part uh, in terms of – what was going to happen with uh, my my initial original support of President Trump? But I knew that there was a chance if if I did the same calculations that other conservative broadcasters are doing, and they wound up making a huge mistake. If I would have said, "Okay, so if I'm for President Trump and he loses, uh, I have a, a a lot of hell to pay because people are going to think I destroyed the Republican Party and I right. w- and they would say I was responsible for Hillary's election, whatever. And your prognostication skills suck, which is not yeah. a good thing either. <laughs> well, and also, you know, for instance, during the Bush administration, uh, our ratings weren't nearly as good as they were when Obama was elected. That's just a matter of fact. But at the same time, at that point, I didn't care. I, 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 at that at that particular juncture, I wasn't making calculations based on, wow, you know what? Then when there's an opposition party in power, I do better. I make more money, because at that point, I, I, I decided that I was going to. I have to tell the truth about what I believed in. I had to maintain. I, I couldn't pretend mm-hmm. that I didn't. I didn't support President Trump, and just because I, I did, I couldn't suck up to some of the other so-called conservatives out there who were cruise people uh, who Which were, gonna, were the lo- a large part of our base. Oh, yeah. 
So we were both off the plantation along with the rest of us that came from that. Right. And and they're just now starting to forgive us. Oh, right. And and, and, <laughs> and some, and some of them didn't. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I went through a long time where, you know, my worst nightmare usually was all it was always like a tweet from some conservative. And whenever they have Christian dad in their Twitter profile, they're the worst. Believe me, because because they believe that they can. They can, you know, anybody who has it's either Christian dad or maybe like a Proverbs quote. They're, they they were usually the worst people uh, towards me. I usually wound up blocking them because they were so vicious and disgusting and vile to me. Sanctimonious. Oh, it was horrible. Yeah, very sanctimonious. So we had to. So, but but you know what? At the time, though, I was uh, I wasn't worried about that because I thought, okay. And then I said, even if worse comes to worse, uh, you know, if things get great uh, with President Trump. Uh, we're all a family. We've all worked hard to get him elected. And I, I'm just going to throw caution to the wind and say, I'm going to tell you the truth about who I support. And it took a while. Uh, and, and I had to deal with everybody at 97.1. And I'm talking about everybody. No one liked President Trump over at 97.1. And how many times I got, you know, messages from people, uh, you know, or, or private Facebook messages. Trump, Really? Trump, really? It's a clown car. It's a blah. It's a blah. It's a, you know, it's like, okay. So all that stuff. But still, as you point out, authenticity is a big deal for me, at least. I'm not always uh, – I'm, I'm not perfect when it comes to, you know, always doing the right thing. But uh, authenticity is important to me. And there was no way I could have a radio show and not be upfront about who I was supporting. Now, Cruz and Trump, it was between Cruz and Trump. I was fair to – Ted Cruz. I didn't think he could win, but I was fair to him. That was my thing. I didn't think he could win. I stayed up all night long in in uh, solidarity with him when he was filibustering the uh, health care. Yeah. And remember? Yeah. And, and there's a guy that off the top of his head, just to be able to go hours and hours and hours and, and, and in such cogent thought. And I was like, God, you're brilliant. Yeah. I did. I stayed up all night long, but I knew that he couldn't win. No. There's no way. There was I, no I, way. I, but I will tell the truth. I was kind of surprised that Trump won. <laughs> I was. Did you think? That, did you? Did you I, there was a part of me. No. Like, Dang, I, yeah. he really did it. This is I, 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 I honestly, it, it was. It was based on. I had the fort. I, I had the good fortune of being able to have. Uh, a radio show where I had a lot of people calling in and, 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 and usually I could tell what was happening. So uh, about a week before uh, and I, I had confidence in president Trump and I, and I, I, I and I, my biggest fear was that he would win and that his worst enemies would be Republicans. And it, actually a lot of that turned out to be true, uh, unfortunately, because there are a lot of people who were trying to derail his agenda there. Uh, but that that was one of my fears. But when I started hearing from people, uh, even some of my like my union guys who were like, "Yeah, I'm, we're voting for President Trump," or and when I started hearing from people who hadn't voted, who said their husbands were going to vote for the first time in 25 years, then I knew that there was enough passion and there was enough vigor in the support of President Trump that, that was going to put him through. And then that morning. It was clear because I'll never forget. I've told this story before, so I don't want to be boring. And I got to get, get a hold of Doug. But I, but the uh, 
Tim Surlike sent me a photo from Festus and uh, Surlike Harley Davidson down there. Great family. Great family. And Tim sent me a text with a picture of one of the roads leading up to the polling places, and it was uh, backed up with cars. And I said, Trump's definitely going to win. Because people were turning out in gigantic numbers. I mean, it was amazing in these places and and where they had not been before and actually Tim was like I'd never I've never seen this this many people voting in my life down here in Festus and I was like okay uh right there in God's country definitely this this is a winner so I sensed the watershed moment when she called us deplorable oh yeah so I knew that I knew that that there was a shift I think Jimmy, what what I was concerned with was cheating. Yeah, and and I was still cynical enough. I've lost some of that cynicism, thanks to this president. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not as cynical as I was. That that that. So I'll be curious to know what you think or what you all think. The watershed moments, like calling us deplorables, is that is going to turn out the huge number of people that will turn out in November. Yeah, and I think I think maybe even this hearing, and seeing how low people will go, and and watching Kavanaugh cry, it's terrifying <laughs> yeah. to people. Oh, it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah I, I still and, can't... and fear is get what gets people out to the polls for sure. I hope you guys, no doubt, and 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 that's why I think 2018 is going to be a hugely uh, great election for conservatives because. All you have to do is apply common sense. And I'll say this. I said it before. I'll say it again. There's no way that the union guy who voted for President Trump in 2016, the tradesman, is going to go back in 2018 and elect Democrats to unravel this fabulous economy that we have but right now. But will he get out? Well, that's, that's the true. Thing. And I think the world I think they is will. very frightening. Yeah, because we're saying, we want to hold on to it. We're saying you all don't even hold the reins of power, and 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 look at y'all. This could be the first time in modern history that the opposition party does not take over uh, the uh, take over Congress in an off year election, like they did, for instance, in two thousand ten with Obama and everything else. Let me get Doug Giles on here real quickly. I can't get over this damn uh, this fear of flying moment. The, the two minutes that dismantled her. Good morning, everybody. How you doing, Doug? Man, you're ruining uh, my TV right now. What, what do you mean? Uh, watching uh, the Kavanaugh confirmation. Flakes a yes, buddy. Yep, exactly. We think we're gonna. We think we're gonna get it done. Yesterday was great. I was just talking about this two minutes of the fear of flying segment uh, that uh, that uh, Dr. Ford, who basically came across trying, all she needed was pigtails and a big lollipop to, to, to kind of uh, fill out her performance here as this hapless little doe-eyed 12-year-old girl that she was trying to present herself as yesterday. It didn't work, and I was so proud of the Republicans, Lindsey Graham, uh, and and it, by the time it was all over, it seemed like, uh-oh, uh, Democrats are going to lose yet another one. Yeah, I, I like the part where uh, she said, what does escalpatory evidence mean? <laughs> uh, she's got a Ph.D., man. She's throwing around $20 words, and she doesn't know what uh, you know, exculpatory evidence. And I thought that uh, 
keeping that whimpering voice going for an hour was um, uh, bad acting, but I got to give it to her for the marathon stuff. And I loved how she'd go in and out of it, uh, depending upon uh, the question that was asked. You know, she'd be laughing her butt off at some stuff. She'd be cheeky uh, talking about herself and other things. And then all of a sudden when it would come into, uh, you know, some diatribe, uh, Feinstein or Cory Booker. Oh, by the way, in regards to Cory Booker, uh, we got to talk about him, man. Uh, we pulled something up out of his past, as I guarantee most people don't know about St. Cory. But anyway, I'd loved how she bobbed and weaved and, and went into, you know, full throttle acting mode. And, uh, and then when those questions were moved from, yeah, you know, the table she went back into laughing and joking, and I need some caffeine, baby. Yeah, you know? I noticed also too the way the microphone was set up, and I don't know whether you did too. It was set up so that because Grassy was trying to get it in front of her, she didn't want it in front of her because I think she wanted to do that whole "I've never seen a microphone before" and "Do I talk into this thing?" and she tried to be this, you know, this innocent, naive. you know, yeah, naive person. And it just and it and it, and it and yeah, you're right. It did work for a period of time, so much so that we had you know the Fox News commentators saying this is a disaster, and even I thought it was because I couldn't figure out how they negotiated the questioning and how this was all going to work out. But boy, it, it turned person, quickly. Yeah, that's the sex expert lady. You know, I don't know her from from Eve, I guess. And um, I I didn't know, you know, I don't. Why in God's name they should they should have thrown that pork chop to Lindsey Graham, Ted Cruz, uh, uh, who's Waters, a couple other guys, and just freaking let them have at it uh, instead of like she's like, um, uh, do you know your locker number? From Ted <laughs> I'm like, yeah, who gives a shit? You know, <laughs> I know it was. Yeah, really- uh, hey, you know Kevin Jackson, right? Yeah, I do. He's a buddy of yours in St. Louis. Yeah, did you hear what happened to him? I, well, Kim was telling me, I went with Kim Paris, and she had texted me this morning saying that they, she thinks that Fox News let him go, correct? No, they didn't let him go. They kicked him out the door. He, uh, he called uh, Blasey Ford a lion skank and, uh, who wouldn't have these problems if she didn't uh, uh, keep opening her legs. And he, um, he was just jackhammering it on Twitter, and they just said, boom, you're gone. Wow. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin was on the uh, show with me when I was at ninety-seven-one, and because he continued to have a show over at ninety-seven-one on Saturdays, but knowing that that company that has no balls over there, they'll get rid of his show on Saturday too. I'm sure, but because uh, he has a Saturday show, that's why I couldn't really have him on the air here uh, again. But he and I had been in touch. He's got that new movie out, and and uh, good guy. Uh, but uh, but you know he'll he'll tell it like it is sometimes. Yeah, it's, um, you know, again, uh, you can say whatever you want about, uh, you know, Supreme Court justice. You can call uh, this uncorroborated accusations against him uh, credible accusations. You can call him a rapist. You can uh, say that he gangbangs. And uh, those people, you know, they can write it up as, it, as it's uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, no repercussions. Uh, no punitive actions taken against uh, whoever says it or writes it. But oh my God, you call uh, this uh, this uh, you call Blasey Ford or uh, whatever the other Ramirez and the other chick uh, liars. Oh my gosh, 
you disparage their character whatsoever. Can't touch a woman nowadays, man. Yeah. Especially a liberal woman. You know, well, if you go after her, and, and I'm not, and I'm not uh, agreeing with what uh, Kevin said. Yeah, right. I think it's it's, uh, it's a little. Uh, uh, I I think he should have known better, man. Yeah, I wouldn't anyway. have done the whole. I wouldn't have done. I wouldn't have done the whole legs open kind of thing. I mean, that wasn't necessary. And and because I mean, I I do believe that she's a liar. Uh, but I wouldn't have used the term skank or, you know, I mean, that's a little, that's a little much. The, 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 the fact that she's, she doesn't have a credit, she has a credibility issue is enough and it's very apparent. You don't really need to, to dress that up at right. all. So yeah, I would bring up stuff like, um, uh, Palo Alto, uh, permitting, I believe it's Palo Alto, the, the, uh, the permits that you have to apply for and be granted to do remodeling on your home. Uh, she said that uh, she had this extensive remodel in 2012, and um, Palo Alto is is uh, accusing her of perjury. They're like, we don't have any uh, permits for all that work that she had done on her digs. So either that was complete, you know, uh, uncut China white horse crap, uh, or they did something illegally and, and uh, might have to use that GoFundMe half a million dollars she just banked. Is that for her? Is that was was that for her second door? Because I thought the hearing should have been over uh, right after that two minute segment where the uh, sex investigator asked her and totally debunked her fear of flying bullcrap. And, and by when she said, "Well, you know, I, I I finally got the gumption to climb on the plane and come here." Is that is that the same gumption you had to fly ten different times to Tahiti, Hawaii, Puerto Rico, Costa Rica, and all those other places you've been to? It's like unbelievable, right? Yeah. So I thought well, that, that was that was for pleasure, and when I fly for pleasure, you know, I don't have my PTSD. I know. You have PTSD uh, because some guy supposedly thirty six years ago did some hand fisted grass for your breast. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll take you to a, a, a group of uh, Purple Heart recipients who had their face blown off, or ninety five percent of their body melted uh, like wax, who are doing great. Yeah, I'll take you to uh, show you some girls that uh, who've who've come out of the uh, industry yeah, so- who were raped and drugged and abused and sex trafficked, and that they're they're butt kicking, well modulated human beings uh, fighting against that same industry they came out of. It's unbelievable, yeah. you know, just the, the victimology of of the left and uh, and how the the white cracker is always in the crosshairs. Yeah, I don't understand though. Even the uh, double. I want to go back to Cory Booker and some of the other people who don't have any credibility, uh, including Jeffrey Tubin. I don't know how he has become the guy who is the expert on male female relationships when he's uh, wanted the the baby that he that he created with his girlfriend while he was married. He wanted to pay for it to be killed, and then when it wasn't, he refused to support it. And it's like, okay, uh, did, so how do we get a deadbeat dad? Uh, baby killer uh, as the guy who's telling us uh, how men and women ought to be comporting themselves in relationships that that's beyond me and then you had then you had Blumenthal who's a uh, on the record liar about his Vietnam, yeah, Vietnam. service <laughs> and, and he's he's the one who's uh, wagging his finger at uh, Judge Kavanaugh about how how you know any hole in your story makes you incredible then you have Leaky Leahy who brags about being on the Judiciary Committee for 44 years, but you go back 
in time and see that he leaked Iran-Contra memos. I think he, so one of the leaks got somebody killed. He had to resign his position. So how are these people in any position of credibility? You know, what's the latest on Cory Booker? Uh, well, it's, it's called uh, The Left is Now, and uh, I don't know when it happened, but it, it seems miraculous, Jamie. It's <laughs> now, now they're pearl-clutching uh, sexual what's, uh, puritans, yes, and uh, truth-tellers. It just, it just happened overnight, much like some of the miracles in the Bible. But hey, Booker <laughs> wrote uh, earlier in his career, he's got a column called So Much for Stealing Second, and uh, there's a blurb, a balloon blurb in this column says, I received messages that sex is best achieved through guile and strategy. He says, telling one's own personal story is often the most powerful way to make a point. So he goes into uh, him getting his groove on New Year's Eve in 1984 uh, when he was 15. As the ball dropped, I leaned over to hug a friend, and, and she met me with an overwhelming kiss. As we fumbled upon the bed, I remember debating my next quote-unquote move as if it was a chess game with the Top Gun slogan ringing in my head. I slowly reached for her breast. After having my hand pushed away, I, I reached my quote-unquote mark, uh, thinking with, and, and then there's a, there's a blur here. I can't read the whole thing. With liquor, you'll get to bed quicker, she said. Oh, Lord. Thinking about her statement back then, I realized it's veracity. Coming to college, I was immersed in the same sort of attitudes. Uh, he, he said, what, uh, what do you think happened? She invited me back to her room at 3 a.m., and he said, I've got to find a way to snatch that snatch. The best way for that girl would be to be tied down. The best thing for that girl would be, <laughs> would be to be tied down and screwed. He goes, out of context, these statements seem shocking, but in context, they were barely noticed. Wow. Yeah. Meanwhile, Kevin Jackson gets fired. Uh, you know, uh, everybody on the left who, you know, breathes out these horrible uh, invectives against Kavanaugh with, that are completely baseless with zero witness and you know they walk away unscathed and cory booker talks about groping this chick i mean this is his this is his column man it's not like you know jamie allman and doug giles <laughs> accused cory booker they yeah. freaking published tire <laughs> down snatch that snatch wow you know uh, <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> that's what uh, when he was when he was grilling kavanaugh he's like you like beer how many beers you ever had? Yeah. Kevin Austin, I love beer. If I was Budweiser, I'd back an 18-wheeler up to that guy's house and said, look, it's on me for the rest of your life, man. This Bud's for you, Your Honor. Yeah, because the, I, lo I love the fact that he talked like he was, I really like beer. It was like, that's awesome. And, and, and how about he and Sheldon Whitehouse? I love scotch. Scotch, Scotch, Scotch. <laughs> yeah, right. Whatever. But he's like – he, when it got to the point where I thought, okay, I think this hearing probably ought to be over, was when uh, Judge Kavanaugh asked Sheldon, have you ever played quarters? <laughs> it was like unbelievable. But, yeah. you know, it was uh, – no, or, or, yeah, the quarters the, – <laughs> it gets down to quarters – and you're talking about, uh, you know, so you boys joked about flatulence. Yeah. That, right. means, that means farting. Hmm. Yeah. He drinks beer and he farts. Yeah, he's a teenager, you moron. I, the, what they, the way that they tried to, it, it was so funny to look at this foul, demonic, evil 21st century Sanhedrin. Who, who completely blew off, uh, Feinstein didn't say diddly squat about uh, uh, Juanita Broderick's claims, 
Paula Jones is Kathleen Willie. Not a peep from uh, this evil crew. And this, the, again, if Kavanaugh did that, you know, then then reprimand the guy. But there's no witness. You got uh, you got Clinton's accusers that are you know two miles long. Uh, you got Hillary saying you know women need to be believed, even though it was 36 years ago. It's like you got to be kidding me. I, Jamie, I hope that the public can see this farce, and I think that Lindsey Graham just completely condensed uh, <laughs> all the thinking Americans' rage into that little two-minute rant that, that just absolutely blew me away. Because I'm not a huge Lindsey Graham fan, but that boy, he went to bat for common sense in America right then. Yeah, you know, and that's that's. I was just about to say there are, there are a couple of things that I am actually pleasantly surprised about and glad I've been wrong about. One took place a couple of days ago, and that's when Mitch McConnell, who I've ridden like a rented mule most of the time as being boring, uh, undertakerish, and just a swamp monster, he goes out on the Senate floor. And and calls it like it is. And then Lindsey Graham, who I've, you know, always been I, I always I always compared him to to uh, in in the the little rascals uh, that that he was alfalfa to John McCain's bossy spanky. But now that McCain's dead, <laughs> he's just unleashed, man. And, and he was he was hardcore yesterday. I was really proud of the guy. Bro, you that that such a great analogy. You took the words right out of my mouth. I'm sitting there thinking while you're, you know, just uh, <laughs> serving up that that uh, volley into uh, into uh, my court. It's like, you know what? I wonder if I should say that he's getting really fired up now that McCain's passed. <laughs> oh, you, you, were, you were afraid of saying that? Yeah, I know. Oh. Hey, oh, you don't know anymore. You know, Megan McCain, Jamie, she'd come up, you know, and start wagging her finger, calling you the devil and the Antichrist, and join with Joy Behar and, you know, uh, yeah. I don't know, Kathy Griffin. Or Alyssa Milano, she'll film you. She'll sit right <laughs> behind you, you know, and film you. I like that cop coming up to her yesterday and he's like, hey, I don't give a crap if you were on uh, witchcraft movies from the 1990s. <laughs> Put your phone down, all right? And uh, I, I thought a couple of times, man, uh, that Kavanaugh's testimony actually uh, affected her. If you look at her body language when he's talking about how you've destroyed my family and there's no due process, you know, there's no presumption of innocence, and you're, and this is a sham, this is a, you know, a Salem witch hunt. Uh, it looked like she softened her grimace a bit, maybe uh, loosened up on clenching those back molars. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, the the morning. I I thought I was I was like oh no this is going to be a debacle, uh, especially after she got away with what she did. Doctor Ford did, and the and the whole line of questioning, and then of course uh, everybody talked about how credible she was. And I was thinking, oh, this is going to be bad. And man, I couldn't imagine a more harder right turn that this this took. Now, are you on? Are you watching the TV right now? You're watching the actual uh, Judiciary Committee hearing. Yeah, but obviously I don't have the volume up. Well, no, I mean I'm just wondering because I mean, so there's there's no vote yet, though, right? Uh, it comes at one thirty p.m. Eastern. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Fantastic. Yeah. Boy, you, I, yeah. I was during during uh, Lindsey Graham's uh, speech there. I was uh, wondering whether or not Jeff Flake was like a, uh, he was probably saying, "Please don't look over at me. Please don't look over at me." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I I hope, uh, you know, Manchin seems like he's a, a a decent cat, you know. I know he's got a D tag to his name and stuff, but uh, I don't 
yeah. I hope he comes over as well. Yeah, you know? well, I, and Collins, man, what they did to Collins, uh, the left, and and just uh, eviscerating her wickedly on Twitter. Uh, Democrats calling her uh, stuff that you and I can't repeat uh, yeah. on the air, and um, them threatening her with what donated a million to her opposition if she doesn't uh, vote against Kavanaugh. Yeah. Uh, I believe yesterday that she said that that's had the adverse effect and it's caused her to, to run more tightly, you know, to uh conservative wing of the GOP or the more conservative wing of it. And uh, they're their worst enemy, man. Yeah. And what I... they did yesterday and, and uh, the revelation of all this uh, timed and being a very big political hit when their other stunts, uh, haven't derailed uh, the Kavanaugh and Trump train. Uh, I I thought that that revelation, the way that it was uh, reiterated uh, by the various senators, I thought that was so important because um, America needs to see this. This this is disgusting. That was yeah. what you know whether Ford got raped or not, man. That's that's what the way they used her uh, was was pathetic. It was pitiful. It was shameful. And what has happened to Kavanaugh without eyewitnesses, corroborating evidence, uh, what they did to his family, and what the crap their girls got to live under for the rest of their life and the grandchildren, it's, it's demonic. And these people are sick. And like Lindsey Graham said, I hope they never get power. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I, and something has to happen to Avenetti after all this is said and done. This guy is uh, crooked as the day is long. And I know the media is going to try to pretend they never actually covered his gang rape lie. But something – he's got to be held to account for that thing once this is all said and done. Yeah, my buddy, uh, he grew up with all the guys. And uh, – I know him well, uh, hard-hitting conservative. Uh, he said if, if any gang rapes <laughs> went down in that close-knit community, he said, I would have heard about it. Yeah. I'm telling you, I would have heard about it. He said it's a small little world over there, just like Bill Bennett. I don't know if you saw him last night. He said, I raised two kids. They went to Georgetown Prep. And uh, he said – uh, anything untoward that happens in that little cloister, uh, everybody and their dog knows about it. It goes quickly through the, the gossip mills. And uh, the alleged rape, um, gang raping. <laughs> yeah. They'll, they'll say anything, man. And the thing is, is that if you're, if you're pushified, if you don't want conflict, if you're going for these positions and these jobs, you'll just back off and just say, you know what? It's not worth it. Screw you. I thought Kavanaugh at one point was just going to take his necktie, put it around his head like a headband, like in Loverboy, Mike Reno. You know, rip open, rip open his shirt, grab a six-pack from underneath the table and say, blank all of you guys, I'm out of here. You can kiss my ass. You know, there was a moment, Doug, and that's very funny, but there was a moment where about, about halfway through his speech, I was thinking, is he going to tell them to – Take this and shove it, because it sounded like he was almost just going to say, "You know, uh, I'm too good for you. I'm too good for this country. I'm getting the hell out of here." But good for him, man. Hey, by the way, just got your uh, you, you sent me your brand new uh, piece of art, and I, I got to get this one, man. This is the Trumpinator. I'll be back 2020, and yeah. it's beautiful, <laughs> buddy. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's 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 outselling everything uh, that I painted about Trump. My political paintings here too for that and the Mister and Mrs. Uh, 
uh, Trump. Well, the wanted posts are still doing well. They're all taken off, man. But the Trumpinator, uh, it's, it's obviously a, uh, for the for the listener. It's a it's a deviation from the Terminator theme. But instead, I got Trump wearing his shades <laughs> instead, and on one of his uh, uh, sunglass uh, shades, it's got 2020. And um, what else? He's got a big ass uh, Colt 1911 45 automatic with a laser sight yeah. on it. Yeah. And a red, white, and blue leather jacket, kind of evil Knievel thing. And it's been selling like crazy, man. And what's cool about it is uh, keepinbear.com, they have prints for like 15 bucks. They're like 11 by 14. And we've got it all the way up to $400 Jiclay uh, on canvas, uh, museum quality canvas over at dougiles.art. And we've got uh, small, medium, and large sizes. Bro, I just got mine yesterday because we're using it in the podcast, kind of background uh, uh, stuff. It's freaking beautiful, man. Yeah. My gallery in Austin does a great job. So we cover all the water tables price and size-wise. So DougGiles.art, the Terminator, or the Trumpinator, I'll be back 2020. I love it, man. And and you know what? I know I, I hate – I know some of you guys who do this kind of work and, and work so hard hate it when people make suggestions about things. But, dude, I really want some of this stuff in, like, square bumper sticker things so I could put them on my, on my Jeep window or something like that. I wonder if you could – can you guys do that where you make them into, like, uh, decals? Yeah, you know, um, uh, the answer is yes. And we had a meeting with uh, the guys – I think I told you this last week um, – so we've got stickers coming up, buttons, uh, mugs, shirts, nice. posters, every kind of variation. Uh, the the company is growing so fast, uh, it's hard to keep up with it. We just um, purchased a 4,000-square-foot building because wow. we outgrew the other one. And now it looks like this thing is going to be uh, outgrown here in a little while. Yeah, it is just great, man. It's like it's like pure awesome pop art he's he's this this is the conservative andy warhol right here we got on our hands doug giles uh, i'll take that brother <laughs> all right man uh doug giles dot art is where you can find it and uh buddy listen appreciate you man and uh i think uh after today and after this vote happy days you're here again 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 so we're good yeah they uh i don't know man I'd never turn you back on the left. I'll come at you with razor blades and lemon juice. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right about that, man. ClashDaily.com and DougGiles.art. Have a great weekend, brother. You too. Stay ready, Jim. All right, man. Take care. See you, buddy. Yeah. So, yeah, no, Kevin and I, uh, Kevin Jackson and I, I don't know where, uh, <laughs> I don't know what got into Kevin with that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not normally very uh, prissy about about tweets as you know but i'm surprised yeah i know i don't know he, he but but here's the here's the problem for kevin now is that uh, he does they do have a show there at 97 one they'll 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 drop kick that show now because the intercom doesn't they're not going to stand by him they don't stand by anybody Kevin is so he's so quick on his feet too. You talk about Doug Giles, right? And he he can give it to him and and but I have found him always to be more circumspect that his vocabulary yeah, right. is larger than those words. And and I think that he's always understood the power of not using those words instead just eviscerating people with Right. You know, well-structured sentences that are on point. So, what sounds like just an ordinary insult 
just doesn't sound like his voice. Not even judging, you know, the yeah. rightness or wrongness of it. It doesn't sound like Kevin's voice to me. Well, but, the, yeah, the, 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 that's why, you know, all we have to do is, like, for instance, all we did this morning was we took a two-minute segment where her fear of flying bullcrap was sent packing, and we didn't have to say one disparaging sexual related word about her. I mean, you'd never do, but I don't know. I mean, the skank thing, I, I, it's, 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 I can't, I, I don't know. It's not a wise thing to do to call women. I bet he'd like to, generally speaking, it was generally probably speaking. That's why, that's why like when, when Cory Booker, when, when, when Doug Giles is reading uh, the thing and, and, and Cory Booker used the term snatch, it's like, who the hell talks like that? I mean, I, I guess people do, but that's his truth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, um, been fun having you in, and thanks a ton for coming last night. It was great. A lot of people were meeting you for the first time, so that was awesome. And I think you and Gia met in person for the first time, correct? Yeah, we, we hung out. Yeah, it's awesome. So Gia was there, and we just had a great time. Margaret, thank you for uh, being there, and and. Uh, Having so much fun and, and uh, keeping everybody smiling. And Father Tom was out there, came all the way from New Melly. And uh, Julie Further was than there. Me. What's that? Further than me. I know, I know. That's saying a lot. Sharon Solomon, who, uh, Sharon Solomon, I lost 50 pounds. How did you lose 50 pounds? You didn't even look like you had 50 pounds on you. But anyway, congratulations because Sharon was very happy. Sharon wants things that girls do like to hear. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I wasn't just saying that. I was like, um, really? You had 50 pounds on you? Whatever. Well, I think men prefer their women a little rounder than women think they want us. Oh, yeah. No, Am I, I right about that? Oh, yeah, no. I, I mean, I'm sure there are, there are guys who want the... Uh, I, who knows? Oh, be I, careful I, now. No. You're going to start going... <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm just saying, I, I don't... Uh, no, I... But thanks, J-Lo and all those girls that, you know, brought rounder back. Yeah. These things go in and out of fashion. Right. And so I'm happy to see Twiggy... And, and Kate Moss, the heroin look. Oh yeah, gone. no, I remember that. Yeah, you know the way the wayfish, the, uh, the pasta carbonara look is back. Person, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I think um, listen, men like women who eat. You know what I mean? There's Enjoy nothing. Life. There's nothing better than I, to me. I don't know. I'm just going to sound weird, but um, when you know when when women eat. It's a good thing, you know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't know how to put this. What am I? How, what am I saying here? Um, it, it shows a level of confidence and a level of you know, I'm eating this. I love this. Whatever. I don't know. There's and, a, instead of picking through a instead of picking it, through a salad to watch it, whatever. Right. No, it's you know? it's enjoying life. The, the, those women have more zest. It, it's the yes. way you like things that smell good, and you like things that feel good, and you like things that taste good, and yeah. Thank you, Kim. Thank you for taking the words out of my mouth. It was perfect. Yeah, it's like it's like women who you know, um, you know, drink. I don't know. I like beer. <laughs> Whatever, you know. Uh, I actually, actually, um, I, although there are a lot of people who have, who will be insulted by this or, or might be, uh, you know, like, well, I'm an alcoholic. That's why I don't drink. But I don't really trust people who don't drink, tell you the truth. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, but, you know, a lot of people in legal states have swapped out the drinking for 
smoking. Oh, really? Because that's an entirely different mindset, right? Yeah. Smokers don't fight. Smokers <laughs> don't cry. So if you've got a girl that smokes instead of drinks too much, you know, it's a girl that drinks too much that's yeah, yeah. Texting you, or or she'll start <laughs> crying. You. Or she'll, but you we know. doesn't do that, huh? No, we doesn't cause the uh, the late night text. No, with. well, it might be a late night text. We'd be like, you know, I was thinking, and <laughs> I was just <laughs> and listening to this kind of profound. I was just listening to Nectar, and <laughs> I didn't realize how great that album really was. <laughs> right. yes, I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry. Never mind. That's supposed to be the theme there. <laughs> All right. Well, ApacheBlaze.com. Check it out. Uh, Kim Paris, great having you in. And, and you, you have a discount code just for you. I do? Yeah. Radio free. Oh, really? Yes. So I check out Radio Free. So if you use Radio Free when you go and shop online at ApacheBlaze.com, you get a discount. Yes. It's okay. Jamie's discount. I love it. Thank you for doing that. Did you already tell me that? Uh, well, last night I brought some discount cards and and I've shared and I'll bring some more in for you. But Okay. But yeah, I put it in I put it in the website yesterday on my way to Santino's. Okay. Radio Freeman. Good morning this morning. Uh, thank you very much. And thank you to Gold Note Lending, 567 Gold, 567 Gold, 314 567 Gold. Have them do a mortgage checkup for you because your home values have increased and you might not even know it, ladies and gentlemen. You might not even know it. So have them do a nice little checkup for you and you're on your way. 314 567 Gold. Thank you to Santino Cigars and Cocktails again. Pop down there this weekend if you can. They've got uh, your bottle, that's for sure. Right there, Vogel Road in beautiful Arnold. Thank you to Michael Proctor, Proctor spelled like Dr. Proctor Drapery.com and Matthew Mitchell, 855 Quote Me, Tracy Ellis, TracyEllis.com, and of course, my friends at Discovery Designs. These guys are fantastic. This is the Discovery Design Studio. DiscoveryDesignInc.com. Thank you to the Pogues for all that. All right, folks, have a great rest of your weekend. Kim Paris, thank you so much for my box and my fake news toy. The news is fake. We don't want fake news. Thank you so much. I'll keep this. I'll keep it in my bag, and then it'll be one of those things that kind of goes off when I move the bag all the time. You are fake news. <laughs> all right, have a good one, everybody.